0: Hello. Welcome, one and all, to Earth Prime's Ladies with Gumption. This is episode 105, Honey Trapped. I am introducing, and my name is Tatiana, and I'm here with... Jessica. And May. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap DCTV
1: in a flash.
0: And we finally can, because the flash is back.
1: Yay! You know what, Tati? Your intros always sound like the opening to like a relaxation... (laughs) (laughs) and then
0: the rest of my voice sounds like the scratch on the record player oh well no it doesn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is your relaxation yoga (laughs) hello Go ahead. for
0: more relaxation yoga please contact us at DCTVGumption on twitter at ladieswgumption at gmail.com or ladieswgumption.tumblr.com And listen to our beautiful, soothing voices on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, (laughs) Patreon, if that is the poison of your choosing, or you can listen to our exclusive content and early episodes. Um, Our latest released episode for Patreon is You, the first two seasons. Um, You can always suggest more if you give us some feedback. We still exist after crisis. Please talk to us.
1: Anyway. On Two well, News, we have like Witcher. We will we will do Witcher whenever May finishes. Yes. this season. Yeah. May has to
2: finish Witcher. Correction: and then- We will yeah. do Witcher when we are on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> also, that No, but I, I I still have that one episode. I promise I will get it done.
0: <laughs> and that will give me a little bit of time to start playing the game Witcher. I've been trapped in the land of yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I haven't
2: started the Witcher game yet, but soon. But most Maybe. importantly, have you gone to Geralt in the bathtub? <laughs> Is that like a a scene from the game? It is
0: seminal, a seminal game scene. Yes, I saw that. I saw that scene long before I ever watched the show or played the game. So yes, I'm familiar with Gerald and the bathtub. Okay. <laughs> News: Birds of Prey is now out in theaters and is getting uh, quite good reviews.
1: Have you all seen it yet?
0: I tragically have not seen it. I will be seeing it on Sunday.
2: Okay. I'm supposed to see it tomorrow, but we shall see.
1: Ooh, all right. Okay. Well, it doesn't come out in Japan until like a month later, so I shall not see. But I am going to uh, Bali in like two weeks. Oh, I think okay. it will be out in, in Indonesia. So maybe I can see it in Indonesia. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, then we can all talk. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. This woman. This woman is just go everywhere all the time.
2: All <laughs> right. They're traveling, Jessica. <clears throat>
0: So, yes, in fact, we, we may have a little section on Birds of Prey in a future uh, podcast. But for now, we'll just say, you go, Birds of Prey. Four for you, Birds of Prey. Um, meanwhile, Superman and Lois uh, have cast the actors playing the teenage super sons, although they are not quite yet super. Um, and it's Jonathan and Jordan. So Jordan is the second son who is, like, less glossy than Jonathan's. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. I don't know how we feel. What did we, what did we guys feel about the descriptions and everything that they gave us for Superman and Lois? Because we know Lana's going to be in it. That's also pretty important. Um, uh, Superman was, or not Superman, but Clark was fired or laid off,
1: rather. Yeah, laid off from the Daily Planet, which is, like, weird. Yeah. Why, why, weird? Like, Why? I don't, I don't know. know. Everything
2: <laughs> Everything about it right now sounds strange. Like, I don't know if I'm fully on board yet because I still can't understand. I don't know how they're going to really do the whole teenager aspect because they're still the same age. Right. And either they have, like, you know, they grow really fast, really quickly. Are they twins? Is one of them someone else? I don't know. So it's just all have, really like, confusing right now.
1: Or they don't know that their dad is Superman, or they don't know that they have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, well, how? That's weird, too. Yeah, like, you're, you're 13, and your dad only looks like 10 years older than you, so... <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's already weird. Like, <laughs> it was
0: weird enough that Tyler Hecklin was playing Clark, and now he's playing Clark to teenage
1: sons. Let this poor man age gracefully. Like, what is happening?
0: Yeah.
1: And then Jordan is obviously play on Jor-El, so... Mm-hmm but he's not in like This is like an original character for the show, right?
2: Correct. But then oh, yeah. I wonder if he's, if they're just calling him that to cover up his real name. Like, just like with the Batman, they have, what's his face, Peter Sarsgaard playing Joel Coulson, and no one knows who the fuck that is, so everybody's thinking it's Two-Face. Mm.
1: So, I mean, I think he's actually going to be Jordan. I think they're actually mis. Misman- <laughs> An OC character, just <laughs> just for your shits and giggles. <laughs> right, because otherwise, like, why wouldn't they
0: want to capitalize on it if it was, like, Connor, for example, or if it was some other established character? They obviously have to have two sons, and I don't think they've ever had two sons in continuity. So, unless it was like, oh, we adopted Damian Wayne or whatever, but that's clearly not the case, so. Yeah. I don't know, I, I think it's a little, like... <clears throat> I don't know why, but like seeing the cast of the Teenage Sons and then like reading what we did made me like less excited for the show. Before that, I was like, "Yeah, I'm here for Lois being a co lead." I don't have any issue with Bitsy that some other people do. Um, I enjoy whatever the chemistry and everything. I thought it was going to be fun, but now I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not. I was not. I was not uh, feeling it. We'll see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what they do with Lana. Because we'll I like Lana as a character as long as they don't introduce some love triangle element. You know what I mean? What I hope that how oh
1: yeah
2: never mind. well
0: like ex-girlfriend rather than yeah, yeah, just yeah. childhood best friend um so that would be that would be For unfortunate that point,
2: I think that would be really weird if they did that knowing that they're already married like
0: exactly I mean like, exactly I don't want that I don't want that so and also like why make Clark, not a reporter, aside like from, a like, home, Is he, like, a stay-at-home dad? or Like, what is he? I guess that could be fun. If Lois, if Lois is the reporter and Clark is, like, the stay-at-home dad slash superhero, then that would be fun. Okay, I'm excited again. Thank you. <laughs> she fixed it. <laughs> Anyone else have things to say, or are we moving on? We can
2: move on. Good. move
0: on. All right. In Black Lightning <laughs> News, Wayne Brady's long-awaited arrival We'll finally be <laughs> February
1: 10th. We like, can, like, Where is Wayne Brady?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can confirm. I think. I mean, we can confirm. You yes, they be. released a picture and it says February okay. 10th. <laughs> Thank you. He will be in Monday's episode of Black Lightning. Mark your calendars. All right. <clears throat> uh, Batwoman, uh not this Sunday, because this Sunday is the Oscars. In which, put it out to the universe, Parasite will win, Parasite will win, Parasite yes. will win. <laughs> um, but uh, after that, uh, Kayla Yule will be cast as, or has been cast as Nocturna on Batwoman. Um, there's my surprise Pikachu face, because I don't know who Nocturna is. Um, <laughs> and therefore, I have no thoughts on this. <laughs> Anyone else have thoughts on this?
1: I just read that one, well, the article that it was announced in that in the comics, she used to just be someone with, like, pale, really, like, a thief with, like, really pale skin and sensitivity to light because of an accident or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then in the New 52, that's when they just made her a vampire.
2: Mm. And she's been
1: involved with Bruce before, and she's been involved with Kate. Um, But the thing with the relationship that she had with Kate, people were kind of, like, not feeling it because there are some kind of like consent issues with you know like like hypnotizing or mind control or whatever. Okay. So it's kind of like, mm. yeah. So. Like, oh, about that. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: But uh, she is a CW mainstay, so many of you may know yes, her. She played a from... vampire before. <laughs> exactly. Many <laughs> of you I may guess. know her know, as Vicki Donovan. It, no. Did she
1: play a vampire? in the Vampire himself?
0: Diaries. She did become a vampire in that show. She was one of the first uh, human characters who was turned into a vampire. It's very sad. Got it. And most recently, she was also in uh, Roswell, New Mexico. So there you go. She comes and goes. We are happy to have her Is back. That still I guess. Canceled? No. It has oh. a season two.
2: It's just a mid season show. How okay. dare you!
0: <laughs> I don't know. How dare you cancel Roswell? Like, <laughs> Without, why is she on Nothing batons? on the CW yeah, the is
2: canceled. <laughs> so she, they she just like just rotate a, the actors.
0: Yeah, I mean, she was just a a, a, a character, not a not a series. person. No, that is why she can do both. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, ah, uh, yes, as we said, she's an alluring and seductive villain who preys on the beautiful people of Gotham to sustain her need for human blood. So that's great. Why does she only need beautiful blood? That's
1: kinda weird. And you know. She is you know That's superficial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now, um we will do feedback. Sophie's in
1: danger. Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. <I don't>
0: know. <laughs> That's true. Sophie is a beautiful person. In fact, I mean, I feel like they're you know, all three all three ladies, all three of our ladies are are, are hot. Love we'll to see. Love we'll to see. All right. So Tasha has given us her feedback. Thank you, Tasha. Yeah, I mean, we missed you. <laughs> so it's finally over Arrow has taken its final bow I didn't go into the finale with any expectations beyond Elicity being reunited and you got that right and Dig becoming Green Lantern and those were fulfilled the episode's most important task was to honor the legacy of Oliver Queen showcase his growth and prove he kept his promise to his father to save Star City while there were flaws, I honestly can't believe I live in a world where I'd say Arrow did a better job giving its characters a considerate and consistent ending than Game of Thrones. <laughs> mm. I can't disagree with you there. The bar so you is are very right. low there. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is low, but it absolutely cleared that bar. Yes, like yes. I would say, not even it's not even a close call. So there, 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 I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> Some character moments, uh, reality Oliver kicking blades, but I love that. You know, yes, long live Moira Queen. Uh, Theo and Roy getting married finally. It's been eighty-four years. Gifts. Emiko being back. Um, Oliver mentioned in season seven that Thea always wished she had a sister, and Emiko said that she did too. So it would be nice. canning She's head that Emiko will be a bridesmaid at Thea's wedding, and I support Aww. this head caning fully, one hundred percent. Also, Ava's lovely, but my beloved is Nisara. Yep, that's my ship too. I mean, I like Ava Lance too. I'm not, you know, begrudging Ava Lance anything. But when Nissa called Sarah my beloved, I was like, mama, 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 mama. so <laughs> Tommy being alive. Um and of course, Oliver had his no killing rule season two because of Tommy, but he started killing seven episodes later, so maybe Tommy didn't have to die after all. <laughs> Side note, uh, Merlance writes, Tommy and Laurel were the superior ship. <laughs> um, I mean, it's true. It's better to be with a man who did not cheat on you with your sister and then accidentally caused her death. So I support that as well.
2: well. For Tommy, that would have been awkward because we know who his sister was. So, That would have been super
1: <laughs> awkward. Oh, God. All right.
0: Um, anyway. William, Mia, and Felicity. Adult William made peace with his father. His bigger issue was Felicity not being in his life, and this time it's corrected. <laughs> now that his grandparents let him get kidnapped from Central City. <laughs> Success. Um, Felicity doesn't have to spend 20 years carrying the regret that Oliver never got to see their daughter past infancy, since now she knows that he trained Mia, so that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lila losing it when William was missing was unexpected because she's usually stoic. But it showed she genuinely cared for Oliver and reminded me that they bonded early in the series. Aw. This was John Diggle's episode, and he deserved every second of it. From the documentary to the flashbacks to the call to arms to find William, ending with the eulogy and finally getting the ring. He owned the finale, and I love to see it. (laughs) But the line, I was his brother and Oliver Queen was mine, wasn't attack.
2: Hmm. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Oliver is a soft, schmoopy mess. His perfect way to see Felicity, after 20 years, was a blend of the first time he saw her and the first time they spoke. Very sweet. The I Believe in Magic scene, where Oliver got down on bended knee to get a pen Felicity dropped, was paralleled when he proposed. Felicity caught the bouquet at Dila's wedding and walked straight to Oliver, paralleling parallel reception, and Oliver stared longingly at Felicity in the hospital after Sarah was born, paralleling them having Mia. So it bugged me that they never addressed when he came back from Hong Kong in a 3.14 flashback and first saw her. I'm glad they saved it for the finale moment. So, yes, that was sweet. Uh, random thoughts. No, Walter true. Where is Walter? Living his best life, but he should be there. Um, no, Reza. I can't remember how to say her name, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explain yourselves, writers. <laughs> it would have been nice if they hinted how Diana ended up 40. It would have been nice, wouldn't it? It would have been nice.
1: Um that makes you think that it's supposed to be a story for the show, the Green Arrow and Canary Show, if they ever pick it up.
0: It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess that is news. One of the paparazzi from um Canada said that they did open up a production office for Green Arrow and the Canaries, which is okay. a good sign for getting picked up. It's not uh positive, doesn't mean that they absolutely are getting picked up, but it means that they're more likely to get picked up than not. So there's that. Anyway, it was very obvious the writers wanted to have their cake and eat it too in the way they contradicted themselves with Oliver and Felicity's ending. Felicity called it the afterlife because they needed an explanation for why her and Oliver don't show up to save their kids whenever they get in trouble. But also, they very specifically confirmed that there was no body in Oliver's grave. Um, They buried mementos, and there's no grave for Felicity. Uh, Guggenheim gave an interview where where he confirmed that Oliver is still the specter, hence he is immortal and has the ability to manipulate time, space, and reality which is why Felicity is young again and they can spend eternity in a paradise version of star city. He did all this so he can have the option to bring them back for a cameo if he wants to. Boo. Yeah. boo. <laughs> um, now her prediction is that she thinks that Diggle will um, be on the Superman and Lois show because he's moving to Metropolis. And that yep. is absolutely, I, I agree with this. Yes. Plus so far it sounds like they need some color. So So you don't think he's going to go to space, Tasha?
2: Tasha?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be, like, the other option is, of course, for him to go to the Green Lantern show. But it would be strange, I think, to hop from CW to HBO Max. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's the only reason why not. It is all Berlanti, though, so.
1: He'll probably be, like, the civilian version of him will be on this show, Superman, Lois show. Right. But the Green Lantern Corps would be on, like, HBO, so he could probably, like, straddle both, because he's not going to be, like, all or characters. nothing. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, he could be, like, a recurring character on either. That'd be awesome. That'd be, like, a fun way to connect the universes. Just have Diggle pop up at every, every show. <laughs> like Felicity,
1: like, he pops up on The Flash, he'll pop up on Superman, he'll exactly. go to HBO. He you just know.
0: goes to visit National City, you know, whatever, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for that feedback, Tasha. We deeply missed your thoughts yesterday, last week. We're glad to have them. And now it's time to get into the meat of this episode. Format is The Flash on side A, Black Lightning, and The Legends on side B. Our likes, our dislikes, and our
2: Lady with Gumption of the Week. Please take it away, may? All right, for side A, we've got the flash is back. After a million years, one month and a half, it is back, and we have more feedback because of it. So life after crisis, side A is called overdrive. Um, So the flash is back, hit the ground running. Life after crisis means citizen is printing an explosive story. Iris' life is threatened by Dr. Light and McCullough Technologies. Refusing to hide from those that are attacking her, Iris sets out to expose a dangerous organization called Black Hole. Meanwhile, Barry must face the consequences of the crisis and fulfill Oliver Queen's wish for him, a.k.a. Diggle's wish for him, which is to enjoy life and slow down. Uh, what sparked joy?
1: I, like This is the first episode of this season I think that I've actually wanted to watch twice and I feel like, I don't know if that's just because if I'm saying that because it's like a long ass hiatus and I don't remember like the first half of the season or but I just like this is such a really good episode from beginning to end and like I was invested the entire way through like the entire A plot you know Iris got so much to do because Grant still had to like film some stuff for the crossover and I really appreciated that I was like Thank you, Grant, for being too busy. Um, like, the whole opening of, like, the mystery of, like, Black Hole and actually, like, really delving into it was really great. You got to see all Team Citizen working together. Um, and I feel like we, had, we we got, like, little bits and pieces, but we never really got to see them actually, like, do their thing and, like, uncover a story. So the whole – not a murder board because – well, I guess there were some murders involved, but their whole, like – was like a conspiracy board, I guess, of Black Hole and how it connected to McCullough Technologies and the way that they they went about and how they were all bouncing off of each other. And even, I think, how they added Cecile into the plot as their legal advisor was really um, a crafty way to include her in the plot since her side business isn't popping off at the moment. Um, I think it was really clever to introduce her in that kind of capacity. I thought like Iris was very sharp, um, especially like when she went to we saw her going to sources, we saw her um confronting Joseph Carver at his at his business and being like, What is this? I'm gonna run a story and all this kind of stuff and so um Iris Ace Reporter was like on her A game, which was great. Um, I liked what little we got of West Allen, like kind of like the domesticity thing where Iris is at home and Barry just like pops up and the way he pops up is like hilarious. He's like, hey, I <laughs> guess who I found. Um so like Iris Barry and Diggle scene was really great. Um and then before that when Iris was like talking on the phone and she's talking to somebody and she about the article of the flash being back and she wouldn't say who it was she was talking to. She said, Thanks again, friend. But Yes I'm just gonna say the friend is Kara. Because there are journalists now, and they're in the same universe, and that should happen. Um If it's lowest, that's okay, too. Like, I just want, like, some kind of, like, nod that these journalists are, like, now talking on the phone because they're actually friends. So, hopefully – well, I mean, I'm saying this will happen, so just – if it's not what happened, then I don't want to hear about it. You're manifesting <laughs> it. Manifesting it. Manifesting it. Um, Diggle and Barry, they're <laughs> – especially Diggle, just like, he's like, I just came here. I'm the messenger. I just came here to deliver a package. I want to go home. And Barry's like, no, there's a story here. We have to find it. So like Barry, Barry's also was very like driven in this episode in the same way that Iris was to, to solve like a mystery, which is kind of cool to have them parallel each other. Um, But I really liked uh, the emotional beats between all of the, Characters in the plots, different plots because like the C plot you had Cisco really struggling on how to get over the fact that if he was vibe, then maybe he could have sensed antimatter and like prevented trillions of people from dying. so he's dealing with that and the fact that everybody he knows is gone, but then you have like a lot more problems than solutions at the moment. so he's a little bit like guilt survivors guilt or whatever. And so in each plot, um, everyone is going into overdrive. You have Barry going into overdrive to find some kind of, like, purpose or meaning that Oliver left him behind. Iris is going into overdrive trying to get rid of, like, Black Hole. And then you have Cisco going into overdrive trying to, like, catalog all of these people and new threats and things that maybe he could have prevented if he had only been Vibe. And then you have, in each of those plots, someone there to kind of, like, have this emotional beat with them. So if Diggle, it was Barry, you know, and a really great advice that, you know, sometimes you just have to like slow down and enjoy life. Like crisis is over. Um, Stop living in crisis mode. And then you have like Joe with Iris. Really great conversation. It's such a step up from season one, season two. Do you have a daughter, Joe? (laughs) Because this Joe definitely (laughs) had a daughter and supported her. Um, this jail would not have told Iris that she could not be a cop when she was younger. You know, this jail is like, yes, we're going to do this, but do it, like, safely. And I think he had some really good advice about, you know, the kind of, like, Rome wasn't built in the day. Like, you can't win this war in a day kind of thing. So, like, stop running head first into things. You can actually have, like, a plan and you still can go after it. Um, so I like that he was supportive and helped her, to help her, like, think and strategize instead of just telling her you no know, that she can't do it for her safety. Um and then also in the C plot you had for Cisco, Caitlin was there to kind of help him talk through a lot of his anger and grief and, and give him a new purpose into um cataloging all these like new threats and trying to help the people that are remaining in that way, other than you rather than just kinda of, like spinning out. So I love that there was for each of the plots they had, um, these really good emotional beats in all of them. Um, I think that the black hole mystery was, um uh, with Dr. Light, the new Dr. Light, awesome. And she is Japanese. And I was like, cause was like, when I heard it, I was like, yes, she's Japanese. And I was like, now let me go and, you know, not, I, got, I had to look her up to see. If right. She was actually was idea. like, yeah, I was like, I don't want to, like, put on my clown makeup later. And I was like, yes, finally we have, a, like, an accurately cast Dr. Light who's not just Asian adjacent. And she like, she's, like, be, like, a white woman with a really tan skin or something like that. But she is Japanese. Her name is Amy Nagata. And so that's great. Um, You know, no offense, Linda Park. <laughs> but now we have, like, an accurately cast Asian character. And, like, her, Kimio Hoshi is her name in the comics too, but, like, Hoshi means star. And, um, you know, the, the explanation of her powers that she was, like, researching Starlight in Tokyo. And so now that's kind of, like, all connected. So it's a really cool, kind of, like, little egg thing, Easter egg for people that don't know Japanese. Of course, you know, it's kind of upsetting. Well, not upsetting, but, like, her her boss, she's an assassin for a Wonder Bread white man. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're the who red white man but uh i digress but she was fun and she could be coming back because she got away um the whole scene at the house where she uh like hologram iris was like really great that actually that whole sequence like her at the house and then iris um facing off with carver was like really suspenseful and like iris just like lighting in his ass about the whole thing, and it was just, like, amazing to see. Um, but I also think the limited stuff that Killer Frost got, uh, we got to see, like, an, another, like, usefulness of her powers when she was able to, like, freeze around the bullet and, and take it out, which I thought was smart. Um Yeah, yeah Killer Frost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I could just, like, recap the whole... Episode. and I think I probably did, but you know, like the final, the final scene too, when she was in the uh, Ava McCullough's, like, like studio and gets like pulled in by the mirror. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and that, that was a great way to end like the whole episode. So, and of course, you know, obligatory West Allen fireplace kiss. Very cute. Great minds, beautiful minds. Beautiful writing. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Whole
0: episode, guys. Um, I fully support and endorse Jessica's commentary. This was, you know, bar none, probably like the best episode of season six thus far. It finally felt like uh, the Flash was like firing on all c- cylinders. I don't know if Eric was just weighed down by having to craft a story for Crisis, knowing that Crisis wouldn't be about Barry at all or if he just needed half a year to, you know, get his groove on, or if this is just like a lucky episode, or what. But um, the writing seemed uh, more exciting, Uh, the plotting was tighter, the character work was more believable, um, and uh, another rare situation in which all three of the plots Had a thematic connection, which is like, what do we do in this new world? Right. How do we how do we take things one step at a time instead of um, freaking out over the past, basically, because like Jessica already pointed out, you know, um, Iris is trying to go all in on stopping black hole and she needs to kind of be talked down by her dad. She needs to learn, like, you know, if you do one thing today, there's still more days. Right. The world's not over tomorrow. Um, Cisco is freaking out because. He feels responsible because he didn't have his powers. He thinks that he could have stopped Crisis in some way, which is exactly why they took away his powers, so you're not wrong, Cisco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like what you have to stop and take stock we have in this new world, in this universe, and how you could protect that. And then, of course, Barry is still holding on, clinging to the past of Oliver, clinging to Arrow's eight seasons, and Diggle has to be like, "We are off that show now, Barry. It's Get time, for you, up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's time for
2: you to lead." it's time for you. time you to lead this verse. So,
0: so yeah, um, they all kind of played into each other that way, even though they were primarily separate. But despite the fact that they were primarily separate, it was nice, uh, especially to see how Cisco and you know, and the team citizen interacted, um, and they kind of like had each other's back. We got to see. Cisco and Iris worked together. Cisco and Camilla worked together as a nice team. All of Team Citizen
1: was lovely this episode. I feel like Cisco and Camilla are actually, like, really cute mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. bounced off each other in this episode a lot more than I feel like I've seen when I've seen them together in other episodes. That was good.
0: Yeah, For sure. It, it feels like they're also, you know, getting into their groove. Um And even though we've seen Team Citizen work together before, this time it did finally feel like Iris was not just leading the pack, but, like, being active, not just delegating. Because a lot of times the problem that people have had is that Iris is the leader, but then it'll be like the Team Citizen plot is used to, like, launch Cecile's new career, which she is not doing, by the way, um, or <laughs> <laughs> launch Allegra's mystery, backstory, blah, blah, whatever, Right. Um, and this time, it really was about Iris and a plot that Iris was driving, which everyone else still had a part in, because we got like to see more of Cisco's and Camille's relationship. We got to see uh, Cecile in the very interesting capacity of being,
1: like, a defamation lawyer,
0: or just basically, like, trying to <laughs> keep... Like um, lawyer is,
1: like, a very broad term.
0: Right. Um, <laughs>
1: For for her, she for she sure.
0: just says whatever the law requires in that moment. Right. It's like
1: Caitlin <laughs> with her, like, biology, yeah. whatever. It's like, whatever it is. Like, she yeah. knows it. Exactly. I mean, her, her yeah. lawyer tagline
2: is like, do what you feel. But do <laughs> yeah. what I feel because
1: exactly. I know do what going feel,
0: <laughs> But it was nice, like, for the for the majority of the episode, I was like, it's still nice to have Cecile, like, subbing in for the parent role here. Like, we see that she's being a little overprotective, but it's, like, out of, like – correct concern right she doesn't want them to get she doesn't want the company company to get in trouble she doesn't want iris to get in trouble etc and i was like is joe just not gonna be in this episode is that why cecile is being the mom right now but then joe stepped in and i was like yes we got both two parent household so <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so i like that obviously <laughs> um and i really loved seeing iris go head to head with what's his face mccullough whatever ma'am um You know, meeting with sources, even though as soon as she would promised to protect him, I was like, well, he's going to die, Iris. Why did you say that? (laughs) But despite knowing that that man would die, there were plenty of twists and turns in the plot. um, And things didn't always go the way that um, I expected them to go, which is very unusual for a Flash episode. Um, (laughs) And... Of course, the cliffhanger was incredible. Like, it was scarier or, you know, more tense, more exciting than anything that happened with Bloodwork for the entire time. Um, and also very reminiscent of that one fanfic. I don't know if you guys remember that fanfic where Iris is trapped in the mirror world. Yeah. Yes. So yes. good job on Thank Eric you. for taking that idea. Sometimes <laughs> we have to do it. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'm very glad we're finally getting to that. Um, speaking of, you know, Mirror Master was so wasted in season three and whenever else he showed up again, maybe it was just season three. Like, why? Why do they write him like that? Horrible. So I'm so glad that <laughs> uh, he is getting a redo in, I guess, She, because now it's Eva. But still, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to see a new version of Mirror Master that clearly is more interesting and has correct powers. So yay for that. Um, I also like Dr. Light. Um, I thought she was uh, fascinating, and yay for her being Japanese. So great success. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also glad she lived also her like powers when she turned them into like weird black hole goo and at first I was like it looks like a little black hole I think it it's is. like so, ashes, right yeah, like yeah. creepy so it was really creepy Um, and looked good yay uh, <laughs> I mean not yay for the people that are dead but <laughs> yay for Dr. Light
1: <laughs> yay special effects
0: yes yay special effects like, they got some of their budget back after crisis um so yeah, overall, I was really happy with Iris' plot. Nothing, and Candice did an amazing job. I already mentioned Joe, but I loved the Joe and Iris scene. It's almost made up for all those times he did not check on Iris before Crisis and did not care about how she would deal with her husband's death. So <laughs> anyway, I'm glad. I'm glad that he knows his daughter again. Thank you. Um, also, once again, appreciated Carlos's performance. I think he always does the most with the least. Um <laughs> was it nice to see uh you know both frost and Caitlin kind of be there for him, be like the advice giver in that relationship. Um and help him, you know, brand his next step because I miss Killer Vibe as, you know, my little crack ship. So happy they're back. Um, I like that Diggle we get to see how much how close Diggle and Barry are now, and that it was nice that he even you know hugged Iris and you know they have some kind of rapper, uh, repartee even though we don't ever see them
1: interacting. So yay, Yay for a friendship. It friendships. Felt like a really good like friendship like family friends whatever. Yeah. It, felt it was natural.
0: exactly it was very it was very natural believable that he would just drop in and be like hey I'm checking up on this and I want to tell you this there's his mask. And then, you know, of course, Barry was like, there is a mystery behind this mask. So <laughs> they had to go off on their own little quest. I did like how the Diggle and Barry, you know, pep talk scene paralleled the Joe and Iris pep talk scene. So, so they all, they each got advice from their Black Fatherhood figures, even though Diggle is more like a brother. But that's okay. He's still someone's dad. Um, He's
1: just his dad.
0: Exactly. Well, which does not speak well of his parenting skills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that that's that. On that, I liked, like like uh, Jessica said, the whole episode, almost the whole yeah. episode. I could say. I sparked that, the way. like
1: the one, the one part of the episode that I did not describe that I also liked was the opening sequence with like jitters. Oh yeah, because that was, that was like cute, really, really light, really cute, and like the fact that they had just reopened and they're already being robbed is just like another day in Central City for them, and then. uh. You know the the even like the robber like figuring out that there wasn't that he was dumb and there was no money. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna start raving stuff." <laughs> like that whole like. <laughs> yes, that was really like, the cool. whole thing was just like really funny.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the opening, I forgot to mention the opening credits. Of course, yeah. Like, the whole new little like '90s Smallville sequence. Uh, love that. Love that we get the whole cast pictures, and of course that there was And they're cast like order too. Exactly, in yeah. Cast so order, was, like, and yeah, Allen at the end. Love it. Thank you.
1: Babe. That was a great what thing. Is, to, what, is, what is left for you to talk what about? What is left for me to
2: talk about? But, <laughs> I mean, I in addition to everything you guys said, because it was all correct, and I agree, because this episode was amazing, amazing. it is the strongest mid-season opener ever. I was not lying. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, everything from... The title sequence to everything that was going on in the episode, it really felt like a new show with familiar faces. Like, I'm not going to say it's a new, new show because we still have yet to see the rest of the episodes and what season 6B is going to look like. But it did have a spark. Like, I was not bored. It was so well-paced. The writing was tight. The performances were great. Like Tati said, all the themes came together, so everybody kind of learned their lesson. And then I like that specifically for Barry and Iris, they had two separate storylines, but then they came together in the end to talk about what they both learned, which is the exact same thing, about slowing down in life. Uh, So that was really, really nice. Um, And it just had, like, that end scene uh, had a very season three vibe where they were at the loft, and, you know, they were talking about the episode basically. It's
1: like a season 3 vibe. Yeah, so I hope they keep that up because uh, yeah, it, it
2: I like seems that, like we're yeah. going to see the loft more often now, which is great. Um I really like that, you know, Iris like all the little pieces from 6A as much as like we didn't like it in general, like overall it was very hit and miss. All the little things that have been dropped in the season are now being picked up again, which is really great. I love that crisis is over. I think you love that for us because it seems like they're really hitting the ground running and diving headfirst into everything. Like, Iris has a multi-reporter arc that has never happened before on the show, six seasons in, and it's amazing. And I love the fact that even though she didn't win against Black Hole as the organization, she still won, you know? She like Iris One, Black Hole Zero, for now. Oh, yeah. And I love that Joseph Carver's face just looks like a bad guy. Like, and he's he's not even a um he's not even a meta bad guy as far as we know right now. He's just this typical business corporate Lightening. white dude who's just yeah. like you know doing shady things. And I love that. And I love that he uses metas rather than the metas being the bad people in Central City. They're like you know yeah. mercenaries even for hire.
1: Light, like when when Frost is like you're just leaving, and she's like I follow orders. So there's mm-hmm. like story there
2: yeah and it's i love that dr light wasn't killed and we still have esperanza who's part of black hole as well so they're like they're metas that are being intro, or introduced and reintroduced into uh the flash but they're not immediately being like killed off or jailed so that we never see them again which is great and i love that we have like in terms of dr light like we had her before but now she's even better i love all the 2.0 so far um i really like that For example, there are no extrapolators anymore, which is so great because those were super convenient, and I hated them for the most part because everybody could just show up whenever. So now if you have, like, Barry off in Leon Yu, you can't contact him, and there's a reason for it. It's not just like, oh, well, you know, he's just not around because – and that also explains, you know, how they can all be on Earth Prime, but you can't just call up Supergirl or Batwoman to come help you, and they'll just show up through a portal. Um, So it takes away that – extra convenience for the superheroes and allows them to think, which is what this whole episode was about. Like everybody was on top of their game. Um, Iris was thinking things through. Like she took on this case, but she was intent on seeing it through, not only because people were being exploited by this organization, but, you know, it was also about the truth and, all the things that she stands for, which was amazing, and the fact that this storyline will probably connect to, like, a bunch of different storylines going um, into the rest of the season, and that's amazing. I just think that it was, like – like Tati said, it's – I was surprised in a lot of moments. Like, I was really creeped out at the end. <laughs> 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 like it's rare to be surprised by the Flash, you know, maybe three times, the, the whole – Few seasons that it's been on, but this episode really, there were a lot of great twists and turns, and I love that because it just felt like finally the excitement was back. Like I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen next because of this. We're kind of leaping into the unknown, and it's amazing. And it just felt, feels like a rejuvenated show to certain degrees. And I hope that this energy really continues. Yeah, it um, felt like
1: really, like it was like really tense when she was like getting close to the mirror because we know like. Eva McCullough and like the whole like you know mirror master kind of thing to it it's like oh my god there's a mirror and then she's like getting close like oh my god don't touch the mirror and then like something happens and she doesn't touch the mirror like yes and then like the arms come out like no! yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: It's like a <laughs> so roller coaster of emotions <laughs> Yeah
2: so it was all great it was just such an excellent episode like adrenaline pumping episode so that was amazing Um but since we liked most of the episode what were our nitpicks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess like things to not like about the episode. Um, well, I mean like, yeah. Well, okay. So I mean, I feel like I know like I know like <laughs> <laughs> I know Grant is off filming, and that's like the majority reason why he wasn't in a lot of the episode. But it did feel like he it did feel like he wasn't in a lot of the episode. Um, I would have liked if they had been able to contact him on me and U, so he could just like delve back into the main plot by the end of the episode. Um, So I guess that's, like, a nitpick. Like, I wish that we had, like, a moment of him, like, freaking out and be, like, trying to come back. But I guess if he was freaking out over Iris, then maybe he wouldn't have learned a lesson with Dickel. So I don't know. I guess I can't be really too mad about that. Um, I I do think that it was,
2: like, the best use of his non – Availability or his unavailability for crisis so far because last year he was just like stuck in a cell. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, that is true. That is true. He was this time. He's only stuck in a prison of his own mind, of his own making. Um, (laughs) I feel like with uh, Iris's plot, I do like. I I guess the reason why I I really liked Joe's conversation with her so much is that I was also kind of like Joe, and that I didn't understand like why she was going so hard at this man and at McCullough Industries so fast. And, like, why, you know, Cecile gave, like, actually decent advice. Like, there's a defamation lawsuit awaiting you if you keep going at it like this. And she's like, well, I don't care. I was like, wait, you should care. <laughs> you should care about this virus. Um, So, you know, and, you know, the the whole thing was that she's trying to, like, I think she was approaching it from the sense of, like, a meta of the week vibe. Like, she's still in Team Flash mentality, where there is a threat and you have to finish it today. And that's not always the right approach to take when it's, like, journalism and, and, like, taking down an evil criminal organization. Um, So while it was, like, a really good episode and a good lesson, and especially through her conversation with Joe, I was really kind of like... You know, I'm with you, girl, but I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm a little scared in this ride right now. So, um, that's just like a nitpick. Um, probably like the, the weakest part plot for me was the C plot with Cisco. Um, the fake out, and it had ended in a fake out of him like leaving at the end, and how it started with yeah, he's like upset, but there's just like this whole really strained fight between Cisco and Wells, and I feel like. Tom's Nash is just like really cavalier about and still kind of like really cocky when he doesn't have a a right to be cocky in this point. Um, Just like in the whole beginning, where he's, you know, still trying to like trade his expertise for gadgets and stuff. And, um, you know, Cisco's like, I already checked the caves. Oh, you checked it. So I definitely have to check it. And it's like, dude, you've just caused like an entire crisis. Like, why are you still like, being arrogant and stuck up kind of thing. But then also on the other hand, like Cisco uh just like increasing the drama and like blaming Nash and like you should have died kind of thing. It just felt like it was drama that they needed to put in there because we need to like stretch out some minutes and and make it seem like there's more here. Um anyway. and I don't I don't even know why Cisco bothers being upset and hating a wells anyway because that's literally the same song and dance that they do every season so you would figure out like he didn't like Harry in the beginning when he met him so I figure like why don't you just skip like he had the right idea earlier in the season was like let's just skip to this part where we're friends and call it a day <laughs> Um so I don't really yeah it just it seemed really forced that they're having this kind of like issue with each other in this episode Um and then, like, nitpicks, but some of like, and I think we had someone on Tumblr ask us, or mention something as well, Uh but the, some of the reconstructed world things, like, Cisco having a recording of E2 Harrison Wells when he shouldn't, if E2 Harrison Wells was never around in this Earth Prime, or uh the person on Tumblr was asking about, like, Nash having a picture of him and Allegra when... Why like why does he still have that when the world is different I think, now?
0: I think it's not that they never existed, but rather that they still did disappear in crisis, is what I imagine. I think yes. the earth still had to have so like they still died.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's yeah I, I feel like there's kind of like some of this like patchworky thing that's going on right. that would explain it, but they they don't really or they haven't really delved into what that patchworky thing is yet and so it just kind of seems like inconsistencies are like, you know you, you took like it, yeah. it feels like, like bits of this world in which Cisco's Harrison Wells box still exists and bits of this world where Nash's the Lego picture still exists, and they like fuse them together. So both things still exist when they technically don't exist. So it's yeah, it's like weird. Um but they they just haven't really explained it and Actually, I'd rather them, like, show the differences out in the field rather than just have Cisco like, rant about it from the sterilized confinement space that is Star Labs. So he had this whole, like, spiel um, with Killer Frost, I think, earlier in the episode that all this stuff is different. Um, And I'd like to – I would like to see it in my Monique voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. All right. All right.
0: My its are mostly. I was not that impressed with the Barry side plot. Like I understand, like you said, you know Grant had to go do to crisisy things, so he did. He had very limited time. Um, and I'm also glad a because Iris gets more, and also b because I don't want to spend that much time on my Oliver feelings. And we're good. Yeah. I'm good. But the fact that we had to spend any time at all on more Oliver feelings
1: was yeah, I agree a minus.
0: Um, and also, just specifically, I just I I know the leap that Barry was making, but I didn't like I didn't believe it. I wasn't like really like okay, sure, <laughs> yes. The, the 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 mask means there's more Mirakuru because Oliver, as the Specter, couldn't have just told you, "Hey, Mirakuru things are happening." Before he died, <laughs> instead he was like, "Let me just die," and then leave a mask. <laughs> Mary to figure out afterward like it's not like you didn't have time you were just hanging out there talking about the past in crisis so anyway um so that's what that's that was just like that's a nitpick it doesn't really bother me but if I had a negative on that side and then yes I totally agree with you Nash just shut up Nash shut up um I don't care about Nash I wish they just left him in that pipeline or wherever um I don't know why Cisco bothers being mad at Nash it's the same. like you said it's the same song and dance We've already forgiven him. Plus, it's not even his fault. We already know it's the monitor's fault. So who cares? Um, and then finally, um, I like Allegra, but I don't think that Allegra being his daughter on another Earth is like an interesting plotline. It literally feels like we don't have Jesse, so this is now Jesse. Yeah,
1: sorry, Allegra. Now you have yeah. <laughs> an anchor that is <laughs> Wells around your neck.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I, I want I want to free Ele, Allegra <laughs> from this from this plot line I just yeah I don't like it because mostly because it just feels like Jesse 2.0 uh and also because I just don't care about things that Nash does I'm sorry I'm sorry Tom Kavanaugh I love you I just don't like Nash so um bring back Harry <laughs> Jesse the end um that's really those are really my my dislikes so I'm good with that.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it sucks that they just – they literally don't have anything to give Nash. But when he said that he paid for his sins as pariah, i just die like, laughing. When? Like, <laughs> stop. When did that happen? And, like, even with that they're worried about the anti-monitor cave, isn't the anti-monitor, like, shrinking into oblivion at this point? Like, does it matter whether his cave is open <laughs> anymore? So, yeah, those little tiny things. Um. Yeah, I think, like, in terms of, like, Cisco, it feels like he was just mad at himself, so he was taking it out on Nash. But I didn't, like you guys said, it didn't make any sense because this relationship is just tired at this point. And unless they're going to actually commit to evolving it, which they're not because Cisco's just leaving now again, um, it's just strange. And I don't understand even, like, why he can't – like, is he just going to fly around – the world collecting information (laughs) not like him fly but like literally take a plane (laughs) she's like you can't do this in central city I was like I don't know can he because the last time he tried to collect information he was at the Tannhauser bunker now he has to leave central city like I don't understand why no one can research in central city (laughs) so whatever <laughs> but yeah those were just like minor stuff Um. oh and like the whole Oliver thing I, I agree like just talking about Oliver it's like okay we have we spent all of Crisis talking about Oliver and then Arrow talking about Oliver and then everyone's mentioning Oliver even on Batwoman we get it but, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that he's like this is my post death gift to you Barry but it was literally the gift you gave me so is it
1: really a gift
2: <laughs> You could have this Seeing
1: a regifter
0: <laughs> That's right first he gives them something they already have now he's giving yeah, them Yeah, what's up with that Whatever <laughs>
2: Um all right Moving Oh on. Right. so I guess who's if, our... I,
1: if I was going to say it, like um something just like another I don't know if it was, like, my nitpick or something. Like, some people were talking about, like, the whole Frost-Dr. Light scene and the fact that Dr. Light just winds up leaving the house and, like, Frost doesn't do anything about it. And Danielle actually responded on Twitter that she asked about that scene and, like, why Frost can't do anything. And the explanation that she got was that she was too weak from getting shot to do something. Oh. I feel like... <laughs> that was like a very weak explanation. <laughs> like she got shot. Like like I don't know how strong is that bullet. Like she didn't stop it. So, but I don't know. She didn't seem too weak to like shoot something from her hand. So I, guess I always it's think just, it's like, funny
2: because it always seems like she's asking about what, why her character does things, and like the response is never. <laughs> it's never she's weak, Danielle.
1: <laughs> 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 like she shouldn't be that weak. <laughs> Baby right. Steps. She did she did something yeah. cool with like steps. Yeah, that was cool. Then, you know, that was that was the end of that, but Baby Steps, I guess.
2: Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, she's doing a Wolverine bullet just pulling there. that bullet right out of her right out of her chest." <laughs> Tati, do we have uh, feedback?
0: Anita is the name. <laughs> this is how to come back break. Iris is in charge, confident investigating a mystery that is going to land in Team Flash's lap. We haven't seen Iris face down a story this hard since Untouchable in Season 3. Ooh, very good point. Even though she's had some flashes of brilliance since then. Joe, Joe, Iris, and Barry are our links to Central City's geography. And if TPTV could learn how to integrate her journalism more regularly and smoothly, the show wouldn't falter. Trust. Everyone in Star Labs is the latest in whatever muddled version of Killer Frost is not the formula for success. (laughs) Anita is right. Gotta love Cisco with his nap. I'm sure his whole flowchart and binder of medals will guide the team while he's away. But does he have to go away searching? It felt weird that Cisco handed Star Labs to random Wells, whom the audience is not invested in, yes. Yeah. Rather than Rather than personally say goodbye to Barry. I totally agree. Like, this is twice now that Cisco has quote-unquote left, at the very least left, you know, Star Labs, even temporarily, and not said goodbye to anyone but Caitlin. And now Wells. I'm like, what is going on? Do they just not believe that Cisco has... deep relationships with the other characters? Anyway, Grant is throwing it down once again as Barry Allen. So I guess that actually would go in my dislikes as well. I just forgot about it until now. No other superhero is as in touch with his or her feelings as Barry, and we look forward to some good cries with him. That cliffhanger was something else, but Barry will immediately suspect something when Mirror Iris acts like a (laughs) top. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Swara. Swara's flash thoughts are... The Flash this week was great, but with a few scruples. Iris finally leading the narrative with her own heroic journey with Aldwin of color and Team Citizen to uncover the truth about McCullough, um, while still having to deal with ramifications of crisis for her and Barry. The scene between them at the end was an epically great look at how mental recovery is a long process. Totally agree with that. It was beautifully done. What I didn't like was almost everything else. Ooh, <laughs> Swarrow is not as positive as we are. While Uh-oh. I appreciated Sisko's feeling with the facts of this new Earth, or dealing with the facts of this new Earth, I hate that it was so tied into Nash. True. I had to skip the last scene between them because I was so annoyed and aggravated. I also hated that it seemed like the main, the main team was doing the barest minimum for Iris as her life was getting threatened. Her story was like an afterthought to them. Barry being off in the NU with Diggle I can understand, though they're still forcing... Uh, (laughs) the force to death all of her friendship but not seeing cisco talk with iris about her about their shared feelings as well seriously i understand rip off elsa not caring (laughs) due to behind the scenes pettiness but cisco i'm glad she and joe had a great heart to heart though hopefully it continues minus the scruples and iris west allen fully shines the rest of the season i hope the same suara um then we've got paulina paulina um said, easily the best in the season premiere, if I do say so myself. Iris of is that girl. Nobody can say anything. To me. Ever. I have an obligation to the truth. Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated about that one. She was on fire. Her going fast and furious to escape Dr. Light was such a cool sequence. Iris supremacy is finally here. <laughs> <laughs> getting the getting the reporter rock she deserves. It's been six years. I'm so used to giving, now I get to receive. <laughs> um predicting Resources, confronting Carver. Um, getting in crosshairs, being targeted by Black Hole and McCullough Industries. Um, Iris having a team to support her and a contingency plan. Beautiful, show-stopping, before (laughs) seen As much as I'm tired of hearing about Oliver Queen, I did like Diggle telling Barry that Oliver wants him to embrace life. And I just enjoyed their side excursion. It was nice to see Diggle with the West Allens at the beginning of the episode. Agreed. Also found the final West Allen scene so sweet. Uh, nice to see them slowing down and enjoying each other. Um, and judging by Iris coming down in Barry's sweater later, clearly they did. (laughs) (laughs) The Iris and Joe scene, I missed the father-daughter duo. Joe telling Iris he'd never think to stop her, but advising her on caution, that is (laughs) gross. Iris cracking the code, discovering the mirror mystery, and that Ava McCullough is tied to it. The Stinger scene genuinely shocked me. I may have audibly gasped. I don't know if the dark, evil version of Iris is a hallucination that Iris witnesses in the mirror. Or if the mirror spits back a mirror, Iris, and Barry has to figure out what's going on. Ooh, I didn't think about the first one. That's interesting. If life... I'm thinking if it's, uh, if it's actually Iris' hallucinations, like if Iris is seeing that happen, but it's not actually happening, um, that's I had not thought of that possibility. Hmm. I know that Eric said we get to see what goes on behind the mirror, so I'm stoked for any scenario. Give me evil Iris rights. Uh, Camilla, Allegra, and Cecile were all utilized really well this episode in relation to the Citizen arc, especially Camilla, who took those photographs of the board as Black Hole was destroying the evidence. Very true. And Cecile, whose legal talents were maximized. Very, very true. Oh, and I totally forgot about the hologram Iris. Oh, my God, yes, I love that. I loved Camilla doing the Iris hologram. And I'm like, that was pretty good, right? Yeah. Dislikes. Cisco randomly leaving for a few episodes. Literally nobody asked for this, but okay. <laughs> Allegra being Nash's daughter, who asked again. Yes, totally agree. I don't like feeling excited for this show. It's such a bizarre feeling. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that either because it's been a, a minute. It's been a minute since I felt excited for this show.
2: <laughs> I wanted to add, I forgot to add this to my likes, but I like that they hinted that there's something off with or something different about Barry's powers as well. Oh, yes, yeah, that right. that when, he, when he
0: shut the lightning down his hands. I've totally about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, I've never done that before. So that's
2: interesting. <laughs> Speaking of, do we have any predictions?
0: Well, I predict that I was correct. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Thanks on um, <laughs> the episode descriptions. I knew that previously, I was like, Iris is going to get in the mirror. It's going to take an episode for Barry to realize it. Then it's going to take an episode for us to see what's going on behind the mirror. And then you have to take an episode for Iris to get rescued. So I feel
1: like that's what's going to happen. There
2: you go. Beautiful. I love it.
1: Mine's, well, this is not really a prediction because I don't think we'll get to see it anyway. But I would like to see if we could actually join Cisco in the field doing his research. Because like Eric said that he's not. he's basically going to be back like, Tomorrow, like he's not going to be gone that long, and I don't know. It's just like I would like to see if he's going to go and do something. I'd like to go with him instead of like babysitting. Star as of Nash. Um, so that's just like a personal <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> request. Um, we introduced- got to manifest that too. Yeah, we got you know, to. I, th- inter- I think I he did do- say
2: that he wasn't going to be doing that on screen. Sadly. Yeah.
1: You know, well. Whatever. We get introduced <laughs> to in episode 12 and I can only hope that she's another lead into black hole because then that just like dub types like ties another since Roth is after Sue, Sue's connected to black hole. That could be another way into it so that the whole, everybody's story arcs are connected in the same like direction. And then my Iris prediction, I feel like, And I feel like I'm also right, (laughs) I wrote this before, the thing, but I was like, I feel like it was going to be like a mirror iris and not like a brainwashed iris or an Eva disguised as iris, and since we just got the description for episode 13, Mm -hmm. God friended me, where it says that Iris and Eva try to figure out how to get out of the world, so it's not either one of them that's in the episode for next week. So I feel like it will be like a mirror iris, and like a reverse iris, if you will, Um. (laughs) But, Ooh. like, um, I was wondering, because, like, you brought up, Tati, about how Joe talking to Iris almost made up for the fact that he didn't talk to her at all about her feelings pre-crisis. And I'm wondering, like, if we're going to, like, the mirror version of things, and uh obviously from the promo for Six Eleven, like, Iris is a lot more, like, snarky and, you know, I had to prepare for my life without you, I can't be your damsel in distress you're the Flash, you know everything, you know, like, is that what, I guess, I don't see it yet, but is that why we didn't get her feelings before Crisis, Mm. because they're coming out through Mirror Iris after Crisis?
0: That's That's very possible. possible. I like it. I love it.
1: Like
0: the way you think.
2: And I'm just going to declare Lady with of the of the Week is Iris. Moving on to Side B. <laughs> no suspense. <laughs> <laughs> side B, Encores and Outsiders. For Legends of Tomorrow, we have Canoodling with the Enemy. When a new blip lands the legends in 1947 Los Angeles, it puts them on the trail of Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, who seems to take pleasure in fr- fraternizing with Hollywood elite. Sarah Ray and Constantine devise a plan to capture him while Ava and Rory sit on on the sidelines for the time being. They soon realize that they need to worry less about Bugsy and more about his girlfriend. Ava is struggling with being on the sidelines with Rory. Meanwhile, Nate accompanies Bahrad to his dad's birthday where Nate meets Bahrad's sister, Zari, who seems familiar to him and is also a snarky social media influencer. What did we like or what sparked joy about this episode?
0: Um, I thought this episode was uh, quite joyful for the most part. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I think that... uh, put legends on a good path. It, in fact, it helped me what the path is for the season and how we are dealing with these. I've already forgotten the name of them. Um, Encores. Kevin, help you. Encores, title, thank you. It's
1: the title of the fucking I'm sorry.
0: Side. You're right. It's the title of the side. Encores. I forgot. I'd already forgotten. But anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, um, I like how we were introduced to the concept and I like that we immediately got to see Constantine like trying to um make a deal, you know, in hell with Astra and then coming back for Bugsy. Um I also really liked the way that they depicted the you know Hollywood Golden Age. It was really fun to see everyone trying on their like Yankee accents, um, their fast talking film noir ways. I also really like in general, I just really enjoyed the fake uh PI, like investigative firm. Like I would watch a show in which they really did run a PI firm and were, like, really bad at it. And Sarah was, like, the brains of the operation, but everyone kept calling her the secretary. And Ray's, like, the one good cop in the entire precinct. Just feels correct. And, of course, you know, Constantine is basically Holmes, Sherlock Holmes. So all of that I enjoyed, or Dick Tracy or whoever, one of those dudes. Um, I liked Janine a lot. So, Jeannie, 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 thank you, Jeannie, I was like, something with a J, I don't know, that lady, I liked her a lot. Um, And I also liked the back and forth with her and Constantine of, like, whether she's actually evil, like, the mastermind or whatever, pulling the strings, or if she's a victim, etc. Ava was great this episode. I was not expecting her to actually get such an awesome moment probably because I didn't look at the photo stills, in which case I would immediately have known that she was going to be singing. But, oh my god, she can sing. Well, in her mind. In but her mind. The actress. Jess McCallum <laughs> can sing. Um, and the fact that it was in her mind was what made it amazing. Because her just like going up there and doing that number would have been ridiculous. Um, but believable by legend standards. But yeah, sure, of course. She goes up there, she does a big number, everyone's impressed, and thus it's a distraction. Cool. But instead it was like she thinks she's doing one thing, but in fact... the not want to be doing at all is what saves the day. Right. That was great. Um, It was really fun. And I also loved how Sarah was just like, Oh, let her have fun. That's my girl. Singing horribly drunk and off key and <laughs> thinking that she has a whole backup band. Love to see that. So that was really sweet. Um, also, I really loved the <laughs> meeting Zari's family. Um And I thought it was really interesting because like, this is the first time that we get to see Zari's family, and it's not even our Zari, right? It's not the Zari we come to know. It's not anything about Zari. And yet, this is what Zari would always have wanted, one would think, right? Like, Zari wanted her family back. She wanted her brother. She wanted, you know, her mom. She wanted to go back in time and fix everything. So, like, would our Zari have given up her reality to have her family back like this, even if she was this new person? I feel like she would have. So, it's kind of like an interesting, I guess, not that they're exploring that yet. Like, that's how I feel when I'm watching it. I'm like, this is what Zari would want, most likely. So, how does Zari, who does not currently exist, feel about this news? <laughs> 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 um. So, yeah. Also, um, I don't know if like, this is probably not purposeful, but I, <laughs> I think it's funny that Nate keeps flashing, he sees flashes of Zari whenever he's talking or looking at Behrad, which makes it seem like Behrad is Zari. Like, it's like, he loved Zari, and now he loves Behrad, you know what I mean? Like, it's like...
1: I, I <laughs> like that love That actually, <laughs> yeah. So
0: I'm like, oh, this is a weird love triangle. And this is obviously not what it's meant to be, but that is how I interpret it when I see those flashes, and I enjoy that. Um, I also loved Zari like trying to seduce the answer out of Nate, like what Bera did with the um the fact that she knows that he stole the totem, and that she was trying to get it out of Nate, and she almost she was like so close. He was about to tell her everything, and then Bara came in and was like, okay, stop. Um, love that. Uh, also that we got to hear her speak Farhi and that she was just constantly trying to tattle on her brother. It was fun. The whole dynamic was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I like the actress that plays Astra. I want to see more of her. Um, and I like, I guess that Constantine obviously could not shoot her and that Ray was like, I feel you because I too cannot shoot Nora, who I love. This is not the same because Astra was a child that you wanted to protect. But Nora was also a child that I wanted to protect. But that was only for two seconds. For the most part, she was my girlfriend. I didn't say all that. But again, that is what I see when I hear Ray making, or Ray making this comparison. Um, so, yeah. Oh, so, overall, you know, I really enjoyed the episode, and I was singing That Girl is Poison the whole night.
1: I love that. I mean, I like, it's weird because there is no way that song isn't Ava's, like, Musical catalog
2: because <laughs> it's just like <laughs> completely
1: different from her entire personality. But I like the how the song played out in the episode because I feel like the the song choice was great for the episode. But Ava singing "Can't Trust a Big Button a Smile" <laughs> it's just, like it does not add up. Um, but it was still funny, and I, I like the scene. I think overall it was a very Enjoyable episode. I like, I like the episode as well. I like the, the noir aspect of it with, you know, the dame that's looking for help from her to get away from her boyfriend. But then it turns out that she is also, you know, on a grass for power. Um, I really, I thought Sarah, Sarah is like a huge ass flirt, man. <laughs> I thought she did well, um, in her undercover role, especially when she got to play more than like the secretary and, um, turn into, like, a gossip, gossip columnist for, for, like, to, like, entrance Bugsy. And um. I think that the whole idea of the villains this season as encores, and that they're called encores because they've got, like, a second chance at their evil life up top is, is really clever. Um, And the fact that they are already dead, so they can't really die And that if they send them back to hell, Astros is going to send them right back up to the top. So uh, it produces like an interesting challenge for the legends and how to stop these threats and not cycle them back through and have to keep doing, like fighting them like endlessly. So that was a really good challenge that was presented here. And it does provide like a clearer picture of, what the season is going to look like and how the legends are going to handle like these different threats. Um, And I liked, I really liked Ava's undercurrent story throughout that, you know, she thinks that, Oh man, it's only my second ride out with the legends. I'm already like holding the football. (laughs) And and because like, you don't know what that means. It does not mean much. Um, And like her, you know, trying to find a way to be useful. And then like, having to come to terms with the fact that people don't need her here like they needed her in the Time Bureau. Because I remember, like, last week um, on the podcast, my predictions, I said that I hope we got to see how she deals with this change in profession. And we do get to see it this week. So I'm really glad about that and that it is, like, a very difficult transition for her. She lost her apartment, so she has no apartment. She's homeless on the way Rider so we know that she's going to be around for, like, a lot more. She doesn't have the kind of structure that she loves. She doesn't have the kind of authority here. Like she was like stepping on Sarah's toes a little bit, and she's like, "Oops, sorry." You know, you it's your call, your show. Um, I like that. It did seem like Sarah was like putting her on the back burner for a lot of the episode and not really giving her a role. Um, but the whole distraction at the end where she's like, finally like Ava, you're up. Um, and then I thought it was really cute afterwards where she was with Rory. And she's like, okay, we, we tell her that she did great. <laughs> like, let's, and she's kind of like proud of like Ava, like watching her, even though she was like horrible on the stage, but she basically accomplished her mission of like clearing out the theater. So she did a good job at that. Um, and that Sarah was kind of like proud of her and like supportive of her. I thought that was like really um, you know, she's trying to to help her girlfriend go through her unemployment phase in the best way that she she can. So I thought that was that was nice. That was sweet. Um, I like I like that Astra is going to be a big part of the season and how Astra's storyline paralleled Genie's on the top side of, you know, these women that have been put through hell, one literally um for a lot of their life and now that there is a chance for them to get power in that kind of situation. I think it's like a really it's a really interesting story because it's not just like you know she's she's good she she was a good person uh child when she went down there and so like you see all the stuff that has affected her and changed her and it it's really understandable why she is the way that she is now um and people that have been disadvantaged for all their lives finally coming into a bit of power and how that can be um really really enticing for someone that never had it for a long time so i'm really ex- excited about her as a character, um, and then on the flip side with Nate and Behrad and Zari, I like that we got introduced. I, it makes so much sense. Like seeing Zari as a social media influencer with fifty-one million followers was quite, like really drawing compared to the Zari that we saw last season. But the story behind why she has so many followers and the whole like, because she came to fame like the dragon was her best friend, and so like she's a dragon girl. And so that makes sense, like, you know, in elementary school is when they fixed Hay World, and that was a huge thing for the legend. so it makes sense why it would be a huge thing for Zari as a kid in that same time period, having a, a hand in that with the dragon, and that kind of, like, boosting her life in a completely different direction. So all of that makes sense. I love that she knew that her brother had stolen the totem. Um, I like that. They were all like a little bit talking about Nate in front of his face in Farsi because he couldn't understand it and he's just like, oh. And uh, the fact that he is, I don't, well, I don't, that's going to be probably my dislikes, but like, because I don't want to ship Nate and Zari, but his. Dough face looking at her and like being like really confused, like in, you know, entranced by her and her just being like, what are you looking like? Stop looking at me. Um, was amusing. And the fact that she tried to seduce the answer out of him, she's like really smart. I, I do like the fact that in the end, like Behrad's <laughs> like solution was just to kidnap her on the ship. <laughs> um, Cause I think it, it opens up a lot of interesting places for oh, her yeah. as well. I totally about <laughs> that. I love yeah. That. And the fact that she, it you can tell, like, in the, the little bit of their family scene that we saw together, he's been away at, quote-unquote, business school, doing nothing. She knows this, that he's not doing what he says he's doing. But yet, his parents, their, their parents, are so much more interested in his future and his, you know, prospects of becoming, like, successful, and she is already successful, and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's great here, you know, and so there's, like, that little bit of sibling rivalry between them, which I think will be interesting, because I'm pretty sure, like, if there was someone to get the heirloom, the parents would have given it to Pakat anyway, and Zari's like, it should be mine, so I like that kind of, um, I don't know, undercurrent in their relationship, and excited to see where that goes.
2: I love that Zari, like her whole family actually got to speak Farsi on screen because I think that's so great for representation. And, you know, it just felt very (laughs) familiar when your parents are just like talking to you behind this rando's back who's just entered this family and they don't know anything about him. They're like, oh, who is this guy? (laughs) So that was really great. And I love that. Like you said, Jess, you know, they have this sibling rivalry because you can tell like his mom is super – Oh, we're worried about Behrad. What's Behrad doing all the time? And and Zari's, like, rolling her eyes constantly. So it felt like we can see hints of the Zari we know intertwined with this new version of her uh, who's, like, the social media influencer. It's – I don't know what – like, I guess they were modeling after, like, Kardashians or something, but it's hilarious. Um. So I loved all that for her and I love the fact that it didn't take too long before she got onto the wave rider and you know, she's super smart already. We can see that she knows there's something going on with her brother. She can tell that Nate is also lying. So she tries to like get the information out of him. I love that the the totem belonged to like their ancestors. So we got a little bit more of the history on that. And I just love all those family dynamics and hope we haven't seen the last of her parents, but like that, It doesn't seem like Bahad's going anywhere, so it's, like, good to have them both. If we can't just have one Tamaz, we have two, (laughs) so that's great. Um, I also really like the Golden Age Hollywood noir vibe, too, because I am a sucker for that stuff. It's just, like, I like the way that you walk, like, (laughs) it's just too much. Um, And the fact that um, everyone kind of knows Constantine, like, he's stressed and Sarah's just like, this is his process. He needs a drink. And then at the end, she, she didn't tolerate it anymore. She's like, okay, fuck that. You need to tell us what's going on. <laughs> um, Astra being, like you said, she's a villain, but she was never in power before. So I feel like there's this great dynamic in which there's a personal connection. Like she has a personal connection to someone in the legends but at the same time she's also a multi-dimensional character who has gone through a bunch of shit and we get to hopefully explore more of that so there's like it's not just that she wants to wreck the world or take over the world or something like that that's and there's like a shallow reason for it she actually has like not a good reason but it's, it's a reason that someone can understand in her position um and i love the ex- exploration of ava's feelings Uh, This episode, because I feel like now that the Time Bureau is gone, she's really lost. And you can tell that throughout this entire episode. She's she's no longer the boss. She doesn't have a a purpose anymore, so to speak, in her life. So she's just kind of wading through the waters, unsure of where, where to swim. And like you said, Sarah doesn't really tell her to do much and so she feels really useless and I love that we got to explore all of that and I love (laughs) at first I was like okay I guess we're doing the singing thing this is very Legends and then the fact that she wasn't um, actually doing the singing or singing well uh, made a lot more sense and I love the fact that she just went wild (laughs) Um, but yeah I think this was in general like a very solid episode it felt I feel the Legends does old school type stuff really well like when they go and they get to wear costumes and they get to pretend to be other people Um, they do that really well and I'm looking forward to seeing like where all that goes what did not spark joy though (laughs)
0: Um, well I think that things that did not spark spark joy include I didn't like that Jeannie died I was like can't we just like save her because it's not (laughs) (laughs) die. I didn't like that um, and then I didn't like, I don't, I, I feel like there hasn't been enough, um, and I'm, I think that Jessica will talk more about it, but just like basically Astra, as part of Constantine's backstory, is like super ingrained in his story. It goes all the way back to like even before the start of the Constantine series, right? It's been haunting him this whole time, and I don't feel like Legends has really delved into it enough. Like, to really understand where Astra comes from, why Astra feels the way she does about Constantine, um, and why she's just, you know, as bitter as she is, if you will. So it's just kind of like, I tried to help this girl, and then I didn't help this girl, and now this girl's in hell, and she's being really mean to me. And I don't know, I feel like they could have, like, it's like you have to go back and watch all of Constantine to really yeah understand this plotline. Um, I think the, the emotional weight of it somewhat has been a little lost. Um, so like, what's his face? <laughs> Matt Ryan did a really good job with the scene where he's talking about how he can't kill her, right or he can't hurt her. But the buildup to that doesn't, doesn't feel as earned, I guess. And it should, because Astra is a very complicated character, and his history with her is very complicated. Um, outside of that, M- Mick was useless. Again, as usual, all he did was bring Ava down. Ava was like in her happy little bubble, feeling good about being the captain. and Mick was like, "You're not the captain." You're the not captain. The quarterback doesn't do anything. Whatever, you bench, know. Bro. Yeah, you're on the bench. Like, well, shut up, Mick. Um, and he and he was on the bench. He doesn't do anything. Go away, Mick. Just leave the show. <laughs> Dominic Russell does not need those checks. So, you know, um, that's fine. he and Nash
2: can go somewhere. Exactly. A special circle.
0: <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of Nash's hell. Nash's hell. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Other than that, like, I, I feel like I really liked the episode. So, I mean, okay. I also, you know, don't want Nate and Zari, uh, but, but it's the ship. It's already going that way. That's fine. So if I had any dislike, it would just be that I really wish we had gotten an in-depth backstory episode for Zari, like our Zari with her family, with her brother, et cetera, like a whole just, this was Zari before we got rid of Zari, you know? Because that would have been really, nice, yeah, because so compare exactly. We've only been filtered; we've gotten filtered information about it. We've gotten like one little scene here or there, a little flashback. Um, because I feel like we never really got to explore the scope of who Zari was and what her world was like. Because we were constantly um, speculating on based off of that world, and then it never really came into play. A and B. Now it doesn't even exist. So I don't like that. I would love for them to go back and do that this season. But basically, just getting such a great moment with her family in this episode made me think, like, why didn't we already get that? <laughs> um, and then finally, I noticed, I felt the absence of Charlie, and I don't like it, and I ultra-noticed the absence of Nora. When Ray was like, yeah, that's why Nora and I are so happy. If I had shot Nora, we wouldn't be so happy and never together and never having her on screen. I love getting my happy ending where I'm here, solo, talking about Nora, who is not around. (laughs) Um, So, hate that. Thanks.
1: That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nora not being on screen... Are having like an episode yet? Yeah, I think she's supposed to be in the next week's episode, so finally we'll get her back. Charlie, if they ever decide to like look into the fact that she sold Jumpship in like episode two, then maybe like what is like what has she been doing? Like off screen, like you don't even, you don't even, I know that Maisie is like filming like a movie or whatever, but there's not even any kind of like reference to it, I don't think. Um, so that's kind of like frustrating. And then I, like, I can see it, like and I thought it was cute this episode, but I don't want to think it's cute because I don't want the Nate-Zari ship because I don't like how it was built up. And it just seems like it's going there, and like the whole setup for Nate to be the one to realize that Zari, they need to get her back and all this kind of stuff, it's just like one of those like quote-unquote true out-of-time love thing stories. And I don't really see that changing at the moment. I think there's a lot of possibilities for it since Zari is a different person now. But it feels like they're trying to go towards the way of, like, rebuilding back, like, piecing together, making an Earth Prime version of Zari where she is both, like, this Zari and her old Zari. So, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's happening. <laughs> it's is what it is kind of thing. But specifically in this episode, talking about characters that are here, um, John and Astra plot that had very little Astra in it. Um, she was only in kind of, like, the the beginning and the end. And I agree with Tati. Like, if you did not see watch Constantine, like the show when it was still on air, then probably you would not understand or like really get like the connection between John and Astra. Like, he references it a lot, but you don't really get a lot of backstory into Astra and why John is so attached to like, his story, is so attached to hers. Um, I get, like, in this episode, in terms of, like, narrative story, um, that, you know, she's she's stuck in hell, so, I mean, unless John's spending all day in hell, then we're probably not gonna see that much of her, but our, I don't know, I feel like it just bothers me that it took a white woman that John was attracted to, Jeannie, on top side to get him to, like, empathize and understand, and barely at that, why Astra is choosing to be queen of hell, um, even more stupid to me is that Jeannie got the drop on him and they went like they went to the graveyard found the photos or whatever and she was like all like white woman tears like oh my god he's got pictures of me and you know i just want to have those pictures to stop him and then i'm gonna go away and then they get the pictures, and she's like bam i'm gonna take these pictures and i'm gonna make some money (laughs) and he's like what you tricked me and she's like yeah because i've never had always been in a position where i've never had any power and You know, I've always been the weak one, and now I have this chance. I have all the stuff that got Bugsy his power, and I would like to have something for myself. And he's like, you know what? That makes sense. I'm going to let you go. And she (laughs) dies. But then he still went to the underworld with the intention of killing Astra with the Hellfire gun for doing the exact same thing that Jeannie did. Like, you just went through this with this white woman up here. But you're still going to go down. It took him to the last bullet to be like, you know what? I get it. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. You know? And, and the fact that, I think, I feel like the fact that he was going to kill her anyway, when she, like, she made, like, the point, like, you just killed him, it's going to be right back down here. So, like, you know, let's just, like, skip the bullshit. Like, I'm already here. I'm already where I'm going to be when you cheat me anyway. Um, so I just, like, it's kind of, like, paralleled or, or reminiscent of, a lot of stuff that you see, like, in real life where, like, black people have been saying this for, like, years, and then all of a sudden this, like, white person says, you know what is weird, blah, 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 and people are like, you know what? Oh, my God, you are so right. And the black person is just like, okay. I guess, like, I haven't been saying that for, for like, how many years? Or, you know, like, stuff that is considered ghetto or – um not cultured when black people wear like fashion or hairstyles or anything like that. But then you see like uh white designer, like cornrows there are puts like banty knots on their white model's head walking on the runway. And suddenly it's like edgy and like cool and all this kind of stuff. So, I I mean, it feels it's, I don't know if, if I'm being too like, extra about it, but that's kind of how the storyline feels to me that Astra's been through this thing and like John has not understood it until a white woman cried <laughs> and he's like, Okay, I get it, you know. So whatever. Like maybe if he had realized this sooner, then he wouldn't have wasted like five Encore killing bullets that they could have used <laughs> in the surface <laughs> to kill some Encores and not have them go back down the hill. So I don't know. Um yeah, my my rant is over. <laughs> you
2: made some excellent points. Um, to add on to the Astra thing, I haven't seen the Constantine show, so yes, I could use some background. At least like this would be a good time to do flashbacks or something like to what happened or expand on that storyline or even give her like a whole episode as to how she became who she is or whatever. But to add on to what Jess said because you made all these great points – it feels. It often feels like the show, just like they did with um, what's his face from a couple of seasons ago, with with Constantine's boyfriend whose name I can't remember. Oh
0: yeah, Des, Des? Desmond. Des- yes.
2: So they're sort of doing the same thing here, in which the there's a villain and it's connected to Constant. They're connected to Constantine, and then it becomes sort of about his feelings and like how he's torn about what he did or didn't do to them. And so it just becomes like this emotional turmoil for him that he has to fix because he feels like he caused the whole thing.
1: And then they disappear. And then they
2: disappear. So I really don't want that to happen. And I hope that that's not the case here because it just feels like it's going in that direction just based on like the last episode alone. Um so I hope that that's not the case because I feel like Astra's a very interesting villain and it would be a waste if they just focus on, like, Constantine's side of the, the whole thing. Um, also, I don't know where – like, I didn't love Mona or anything, but it would have been nice if they had just dropped a line about, hey, you know, where did Mona go or – what ha- it's like the legends no don't care about anybody that disappears. Yes. <laughs> no one cares that she's gone. No I one don't care. care. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> I mean, just because don't you care. Just don't care
0: doesn't mean that... <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but just <laughs> like said was Charlie, That's she there, took like, you know. a jump ship and then no one asked about that either. And then Gary is supposedly Constantine's new assistant and he's not around and no one says anything about him. So it's like all these missing people and no one says anything and the fact that we know that um what's her face Nora is leaving soon so i don't understand why she's not around at all like how are they going to just depart like is ray going to are they going to break up you know what i mean like what's going to happen she's never around ray finally gets his little happy ending and she's not nowhere to be seen nor are they are we even seeing like Skype calls with them to see what's going on. So it's just very odd that there's so many disappearing characters and no one seems to notice (laughs) at all. So that's a problem. Um, Yeah. Hopefully that will be fixed. Uh, Do we have any feedback for Legends?
0: Let me go look. Let me go look. Why did I close it? I don't understand. I thought I had it, but now it's gone. <laughs> Do we have... Does someone want to tell me while I'm looking? I'm um, in feedback. Um, Suara might. Suara does. Okay. I'm going, I'm going. Who is editing, by the way? Is it me or you?
1: Sorry, I was muted, you.
0: Oh, fun for me. Okay. Uh, Swara! Feedback! mm mm-hmm. I was overall happy with Legends, but felt the main plot of dealing with Hollywood gangsters was a bit blah. Um, the exclusion of Charlie was jarring and infuriating. Mm-hmm. I hope we see her again soon, and I have some hope since Maisie said this is her favorite season. Yeah, I'm a little bit like, really, Maisie? This is the third episode you're not in. But okay. I loved Ava reconciling with not being at the time you anymore and her drunk singing, but I especially loved getting Zari back. I really like her in this new timeline. I feel she still carries a lot of the trademark snarkiness and wit of her earlier form, this time with the vanity of being a social media star. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that she's going to develop really well this season and hopefully learn about her old life and perhaps regain that other timeline's memories. I would expect that, too. I think that's a good prediction. Seeing um, her and Behrad and their parents at home and speaking Farsi was everything. Aww. I love that. Um, And I think that was the only Legends-related feedback, right? Yes. All right. Hey.
2: Okay. On to predictions. Do
1: we have any? I what B- basically said. said mine, yeah. And Suara <laughs> said it too. That you know, they are kind of like zip Zari back up together with her mesh of her old timeline and new timeline lives. That's about it.
0: All right. You know what? I would you know what I would
1: really like? I'd really like for Charlie to fucking come back, first of all. Um, but I would also like because I I had mentioned um, after Shang's super core feedback and the, the whole I- issue with like LGBT voices not being heard by the creators and the cast, um, we got an a Tumblr anon saying like you know I don't did I miss something and you know why is it so bad for Car to like a man and I was like you know it's not it's not I don't think anyone has well, I don't have an issue with Car a man but the whole like thing where there are explicit walls built up around someone's like sexual orientation. Like for example in Legends where it's supposed to be anybody. Like it's you can it's free for all. Like whatever create your own adventure story between the characters. Um but Zari is like, you know what? She like explicitly had the whole like legend's eye for the straight guy. It's the whole saying that she's like explicitly straight and like um that bothered me. And then another non, I have to respond to them, actually, but they were like, you know, well, I don't know if, you know, but was like meant to be like a, a thing because Charlie asked, her like, are you straight? And so it's like, maybe they're going to get back around to that. I'm like, well, they haven't got back around to it yet. But I would like to see <laughs> if there is something different with this Zari who has grown up not having to be, you know, reserved or shut off or whatever with Charlie. If there is nothing there, then I can just continue to be mad about it. <laughs> but it would be nice if a Charlie, like a, a new Zari that doesn't know anybody and coming to see people, like she's seen Nate already. It's, I would like for her to meet Charlie and see what that looks like, to be honest. So we'll see. That's all. That's my, that's my crack ship yeah i mean i works.
2: i have some hope because like she was looking at him not in a at first i was like oh is it because she is also drawn to him the way that he's drawn to her but i was like no she just wants information so that's a good sign yeah
1: <laughs> it wasn't like a, a longing look. <laughs> she thought he was a fan like and he, and he looks he looks like a thing he's like thirsty as fuck so like, i can understand why she's not like drawn to him like immediately
0: Yeah, I love that she was like, this guy's a creep. Please do not bring a stalker to my house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Moving into our last show of this week Black Lightning. Jefferson and Anessa join forces with the ASA to help Lynn. Meanwhile, Lynn is forced to continue battling her demons, but she's been captured by the Markovians and she's forced to battle her uh, enemy. Addiction. (laughs) Her Her addiction. Yes. Her addiction enemy. And the enemy of. uh, Dr. Jace. (laughs) Oh, and Khalil gets his memories back. Or, he yes, he becomes less of a killing machine thanks to Jennifer's love. What sparked joy?
1: Oh, okay, Thunder Grey sparked tons of joy. I thought it was, like, the sexiest, flirtiest, funniest, like, scene between them maybe ever. I feel like they're, like, this is, like, when I say on the same level, like, this was in, like, on the same level, the whole argument over uh, Grace wanting to come, and then this and to be like, no, and then the kind of, like, snarky back and forth, and she's like, I'm not a child, and this is like, well, sometimes you are. <laughs> it's, like, really funny, and I don't really know when or where Grace became, like, a martial artist. <laughs> I feel like maybe she was, you know, she did reference the time that, um, you know, Anissa fought her as an old man, and and this was like a loss holding back and all this kind of stuff. So she did know something, but I did like um their fight because it shows that Grace can be like an asset for the team moving forward. The fact that she did well enough for Anissa to be like, "Fine, you can come," um was great for me because that's kind of like the the role that I wanted her to graduate into anyway. And I feel like we're getting that. And I like their kind of, uh, they first, they, like, argued it out, then they fought it out, and then they talked out at the end <laughs> and, you know, got to the root of Anissa not wanting anything to happen to her and, and Grace feeling strong enough to finally be like, you know what, I can. this is something that I want to do and I can do and I'm going to do. Um, so them moving together to join this team was great. I liked that um, TC and Jen were able to team up with Khalil uh, to kind of, like, get... It was a great use of TC's powers, first of all, to figure out what was going on with Khalil. Um, The whole VR into Khalil's mind and the program version of Assassin Khalil scaring the shit out of TC. (laughs) And the whole, like... Computer speak and like building the firewall and you know trying to reach Cleo and get him out. Um, the use of Jen's powers with the electric currents, the fact that Brandon, who apparently has nothing better to do than to stand around and eat sandwiches and like usually <laughs> 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 give commentary, um, came in handy when he's like, well, "Why can't Jen go in there? Because she's, she she could be pure energy or whatever." And that was like the the actual really good idea for Jen to be able to go in and like physically reach Cleo. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that I didn't like about the Khalil situation that I will talk about later. But I think it was really well acted, and the whole like uh, in in his mind scenes, and I think it even like when he came out, when he finally came out, it was really emotional. I think Jordan Calloway did a really good job. Um, so I felt a lot of emotions for Khalil in that scene. Um, so I thought that was good. I think that. Um at least, you know, everybody now, like everyone was lying to Jen about Khalil, and now that was something that she alone was not party to. But then on the flip side, she was the first person to realize that Lynn was on drugs and then it was Jeff and now it's Nissa. So everybody's clued in on everybody's secrets. Um and now like people there's like a solid plan to go after Lynn. Which is, you know, great. Um, I like I like Gamby is like adopting more kids by the day. Like he has T C now and then, you know, Brandon is just like rolled up in the bunker and he's like Jen, Jennifer's shadow apparently. She's attached to wherever she goes. He's he's her security blanket. Like her you know like people have like security pets that they bring on the airlines as Brandon for Jen right now. It's like a security thing. Um What do you call it? An anxiety friend?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever he is, emotional
1: support. support. Yes, emotional support friend. Um. So and and the reason why I like all of that is because specifically Jefferson pulled game to the side and he was like, "We got all these outsiders in here." It's like outsiders. So that was a great name drop. Um. And then the fact that now we have like, you know, ASA being there and uh, you know military. Becky or whatever, Doc, uh, whatever her name is, Gray or something. <laughs> they have like a team. Mean. What?
2: I just call her Mean Lady. Oh
1: yeah. Name. Her name. Military <laughs> Becky. Um, the fact that they, you know, she's whatever, and the fact that no one else like gives a shit about her is is, is like funny. But the uh, we have a team assembled together, Team Outsiders. Because Brandon's there, TC is there, Gamby's there, you know, Grace is there, and we're all going to. Which I don't know how the fuck they got Lynn over to Markovia. First of all, that's weird. But the fact that we have like a team to go and extract her and get her back is is exciting. That's cool. That's it.
0: I I do not disagree with this. I am glad that they uh, set up a rescue mission for her. And I guess it kind of like it was weird because the episode swerved. I was expecting. Um, this episode to be the rescue mission. And then I was like, but hold that thought. We're going to do a different storyline first. But yeah. that does give me hope that next
1: week. I feel episode... like because, like, they were in – because they randomly had her be in Markovia instead of whatever Markovian base was in adjacent to Freeland is the reason why that they were able to kind of stretch it out because right. it, it would not make sense if she was, like, across the border and, like, oh, no, what are we going to do?
0: Right, right. <laughs> So so but but that gives me hope that they will you'll episode that, you know. So that'll be interesting. Um as it is, I did like uh Lynn holding her own um in Markovia with the Markovians and also Jace is like weird like single white female uh, obsession with Lynn and like we're friends, we're the same. Oh, I just was like that for like how to make
1: a friend for how to make a friend thing in the beginning was hilarious. Like <laughs> it was exactly
0: uh, no weird. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was really funny and then, and the way that Lynn tra- handled her was funny and also not that I like it but I guess um Markovian man Morin or whatever his name is revealing that Lynn you know like oh yeah. ASA was just using her with um yeah. using in like you know to manipulate you like it's like yes um so hopefully we're going to go somewhere with that with Lynn's realization of that or having to take that in um, and then, of course, he still leaves her with the dose, like, <laughs> we still need you to, to be sharp. So here you go. Um, outside of Lynn's stuff, I very much like both um, China Ann McClain and um, Jordan Calloway gave amazing performances. They are always on their A-game, and this was obviously a great plot for them to show off all of their powerhouse acting skills. Uh, I definitely, you know, teared up, had many, many feelings. Um, I don't know why they made me like Khalil now, but now I'm like, no, save Khalil. So <laughs> so here we are. Um, I really loved how they um, visualized, you know, like how the show visualized this whole like there's painkiller and then there's like Khalil like trapped in his own little room, right? That he's made like his little safe space that he's made for himself, but also where he's just like Full of guilt and self-hate and, like, feels like he's done all these things that he didn't, you know, he didn't have control over, but it was still him. So, like, he's right, but he's also not right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then um, I loved how uh, they all work together to pull him out, especially T- TC. I'm always, like, is it CT or TC? Um, TC, uh, you know, like, with helping build the firewall And Brandon finally having the, you know, galaxy brain idea to send Jen in, which was like, hello, the whole time. I was waiting for them to do that. And finally he said that. And I was like, yes, thank you. We're finally getting that moment. Um, Also, it sparked story to be right, you know, that Jennifer's love will pull Khalil out. Yes, yes. I've said that the whole time, the whole time. So (laughs) it wasn't like as, you know, sappy romance. Flowers and sunshine, like it wasn't like the Sailor Moon, like, oh, I'm bring brainwashed and about to kill you, but then I see you you're you're shining tears and I remember that we love each other and then I stop trying to kill you situation. But um I wouldn't have actually expected that from Black Lightning. So this was as close to what I would expect from them <laughs> as we are <were> gonna get. <laughs>
1: um
0: also speaking of romance and flowers and sunshine, uh like Jessica said, this was a wonderful little beat for Grace and Anissa. It was nice to see Grace hold her own, show that she wanted to be a part of things, like she's a fully actionable, you know, human being with agency and <laughs> and a metahuman with powers that can be used for the greater good. Um and the fact I understand why Anissa would at first say no, right? She's obviously concerned um about the things that have happened before, but it was nice that then she relented. Plus the fight that they had was choreographed really well. Both the actors did a great job, and it was fun and flirty, like you said. Like, it didn't feel like they were actually going <laughs> to hurt each other. Um Also, I loved the bit. I think it was, like, uh Grace was like, I'm not a child. And then this was like, well, sometimes you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. So, overall, I think, like, all the plots worked well, you know, even if some were held off until later. Uh, and that is all that i have to say
2: all <laughs> oh, excellent points um just a little to add on to that because i agree with all of it um i love the fact that everybody just wanted to be a part of the fight like there was no one that was left out everyone's like oh, okay you're going to rescue lynn i have my vendetta against jace let's you know grace is like i'm not a child uh lynn or not lynn Anissa and this um, and wow Anissa and Jen also, of course, it's their mother, so they're going to go fight. So it's like everybody was on board and Gamby, even like the, you know, dead man Gamby, quote unquote, is also joining the team. And um, Jeff's like, well, are you sure you want to come? And then he just starts speaking Markovian. I'm like, oh, okay, Gamby. (laughs) So everyone is just like coming together and it finally feels like something is happening and... Like you guys said, the communication is finally, everybody knows what everybody else knows. So all of that is coming together. Finally, we're getting to see Markovia because for a long time they were just off in the shadows doing whatever they were doing. And I really like the fact that the Markovian guy, who's uh, Morin, you said his name was? Uh was I that is Yeah, did tell Lynn, like, this is what's going on with you. And also that the fact that he called out the ASA for being just as evil or even more evil than them. Like everyone like at this point I don't know who to believe because everyone's just bad. <laughs> but there's just like something more going on here. Um so it'll be interesting to see like how the ASA will be battling the Markovians now that they're gonna go onto their turf. Um i l- <laughs> oh it's Mosen, not Mar- Mosan. Mosen. Mosen. Okay. And also the fact that like Jace is the only person I love when Lynn beats up on her because she totally deserves it. She's like some a sociopath who doesn't care about anything, but it was interesting to see like how everyone sort of keeps telling Lynn that they're she has these tendencies that are like them and they're always villains who who are doing who are saying these things to her. Like you had Tobias who's just like, "Yeah, you're willing to go to these extremes to to get what you want and then jace is also like yeah you know that i was right and this is what you need to be doing like a few people died but you you got your research and whatnot so it's always interesting that comparison because i feel like like you guys predicted last week i think that lynn might be going down the villain route um at some point so this these comparisons like keep popping up so i'm concerned but also intrigued um and I also really love the fact that Khalil like the way that they created Khalil's mind that there's like you know he has a chip in his head, this is the firewall, like an actual firewall to prevent um painkiller from coming out, and then to have him entrapped in his room, but to have him relive all the pain. It was like really painful to watch, but also really it pulled some great performances from Jordan and um China. Because they just did a phenomenal job, and I think that that scene in the bedroom specifically was just very soft, and was probably one of the only times since like the very beginnings where I was like shipping them again. It's like, oh, let them have let them have their happy ending. <laughs> um, so that was like really great, and it's really interesting to see like where they're gonna go with him because again, they're refocusing on Khalil after so long. Because he's just been painkiller this whole time. Um, But now that he's back, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Yeah, just like a generally solid episode in terms of like getting everybody, the whole gang together in terms of going after one thing. Finally, somebody noticed like there's something wrong with Lynn. Jefferson was being honest with Anissa about her addiction. I love that. Um, and finally, like, this, this is the episode that sort of should have been called Lynn's Addiction, not last week's. <laughs> um, but what do we not, what did not spark joy? Lynn's Addiction. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, the whole, uh, I don't like, I, I don't like the whole, the first time that Lynn beat Jace's ass, it was like hilarious and deserved. This time, it's just like pot and kettle. <laughs> Um, I thought it was like over the top and too much, and it was kind of cringy to be honest. Um, and just the fact that Lynn is a whole ass drug addict, but she's still like on her high horse. And you know, of course, like yes, I like the fact that Mosin actually was like, "This is how the ASA plays you." Let me run you a play by play of what they did. Um, but I think the fact that she was shocked by it is just like. Come on. <laughs> like, you should have known that. Like I feel like you it's just dumb for you to be shocked by that at this moment. Um, Jace is like insane. Um but like, you know, Lynn's whole you she looks as insane as Jace, honestly. You crazy bitch and you bitch bitch this and and it's just like, okay, this is like <sighs> No, I didn't really enjoy. It. I didn't really enjoy it. Um. Uh, yeah, and I yeah, I feel like now that I do feel like now that she knows that she, I don't know how she didn't know before, but now that she knows that she has a drug addiction problem. Um. That there either she's gonna get cracked a lot more, or it's gonna pull her back from the whole. Uh, Tobias storyline, and they didn't get to share any screen time, I think, in this episode, because it was Jace and Tobias mainly, um, but the fact that, I don't know, maybe maybe she'll want to save him, because now he knows he's going to be lobotomized, so we'll see, but I, it just, I, I've just never been a fan of this whole like, addiction storyline, and I still don't like it, and I feel like it doesn't, like, I feel like Christine has to overact or exaggerate it to make it work. Like, I don't even know if she's feeling it. And that's why it just comes off so off to me, but it's not my favorite at all. I didn't like Jen's attitude <laughs> in the beginning. I feel like she's very trigger happy. Um, she's been very trigger happy all the time. But the fact that, you know, TC is coming out with this information, like, you know, who is Jen? And Cleo loves you. And then she's like, to about to like light him up, but without giving like people have to tell her, people have to tell her like twice to like, calm the fuck down And relax and let him explain. I did like that she apologized, but I didn't like her attitude up to that point. Um, And I like the whole thing with Khalil that I didn't like or I I was not a fan of is Jen kind of like not guilt tripping him, but kind of to come back alive and you know don't give up and all this kind of stuff. And it and for him to have to like go out. See the memories because you have Painkiller Khalil like taunting him with all the stuff that they've quote unquote done. Um, he has to see it. Like it's, it's very hard for it'd be very hard for anybody. Like especially like, what Gammy said, like him being suicidal and in a depressive state based on all the things that people have made him do. Um, and to me, it just came off as like very selfish. And I felt of Jen to bring him. Back into the light after all of that. And I feel like that's how he felt too. Like him talking about it when he wakes up and what this is going to be like for him because he's always going to have that, that, if that firewall ever breaks down, then he could, he's like a ticking time bomb. He's like a walking time bomb. His body is like literally poison. He can't touch anybody. So he can't have any human contact. He killed his mom. He, he has all this stuff, and he can turn to a killer at any any point in time. So it's like just like existing is very painful for him, on top of what he's already been through. So it just kind of comes off, and like Jennifer's insistence of you know, I have to have Khalil, I can't lose you again, I can't do this, I can't do that. It just feels very selfish to have brought him back into that. Um, so I've, I've even though it was very well acted, I've had very conflicting feelings about it, and then. Like, I mentioned earlier, like, Brandon, like, (laughs) what does he do? Like, what is his purpose? Like, TC has done more in two episodes to be useful than Brandon has in, like, half a season. And I, like, just, you know, he just stands there and makes, like, weird faces. And I need him to, like, do something more proactive than what he's doing. I feel like they're wasting him. And it, it doesn't really feel like he and Jen have, like, a romantic connection. He's not really bothered by the fact that she's so invested in getting Khalil. So I'm just kind of like wondering what is his purpose?
0: (laughs) I don't disagree with that. I feel like Brandon is kind of in the same holding pattern uh, that Grace is, except with two key differences being that he does not currently seem to be in a romantic, you know, love story with Jennifer, as you pointed out. um, And also that he is available. So, but, but instead, it's like his only real like plot line is I have powers, and eventually I would be part I'll of the outsiders. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like uh, Grace is like, I have powers, and eventually I would be part of the outsiders. Um, so it is kind of like he's there all the time, and like we've been accepting forward movement precisely because of that. But so far, it's just kind of like chill. Like even this episode, it was like. Yeah, Brandon's coming because of, um because my, my mom died, right, because of Jace or whatever. Jace yeah. killed my parents. That's why. But then otherwise it's like, all right, but I'm going to chill here with you while, you know, you do Khalil things. It's cool. Exactly. His background. <laughs> so it wasn't any more impactful than, say, Gambit being like, I'm coming because I speak Markovian, obviously. So, <laughs> okay. Um. So that's, like, not really, like, it didn't not spark joy but it also didn't spark joy so you know eh. um have a purpose brandon um also i feel like poor tc is just like getting like you know run roughshod a lot like what is he getting out of this why is tc (laughs) helping these people so um i would just like you know tc to to get some more respect to someone to, to someone to give him some sandwiches, maybe? I don't know. I feel bad for him. Uh, um, <laughs> and I already mentioned it, you know, previously, but I, I did think it was weird to start the Lynn situation and then just not be like, okay, bye now. I know that we have to, like, get there, but I was expecting, like, a cut to the moment when we go, but then we did not. So I was like, all right, I guess we'll just do this for now. Um, also... Um, I think that Jessica brings up an excellent point that I didn't really think about, which is, like, Jennifer pulling Khalil out and is that fair to Khalil? But, like, I don't know. I guess it's also, like, what is the alternative, right? So it's more that, um, not that, like, I think that Jennifer was wrong or that it is, you know, wrong, period, to pull him out, but also just, like, why does the show, the show is, like, obsessed with Khalil's suffering. Literally, all Khalil has done Since he asked Jennifer out on the show,
2: it suffered. suffered. (laughs) He had one scene
0: where it was like, "Oh, that's cute," and then everything else was just like
2: pain.
0: Um, And so, like on the one hand, it's like, and we didn't, you know, at first it was like the way they framed it because they didn't. I I feel like they didn't enter into a story in the right uh, frame, probably since they had him being a jackass before they had Tobias' influence. Remember, we will never get over this. We will always be here on that. So anyway, <laughs> um, since they didn't enter in the right frame, I think that it put his character in a light that they did not intend. Because then after that, everything after that has been like, victim, Khalil, victim, yeah. victim Khalil. Um, so it's hard to uh, know what they want me to feel about Khalil. Um so yeah, cause like, at this, I could be like, why are they spending so much time on Khalil when they could be on Lynn? And yet, and yet, why is it so, why are they so mean to Khalil? Do they hate Khalil? Or do they love Khalil? What do they feel? So yeah, that's, that's, that's my, uh, question. Um, and then with, just, uh, just because I like always have to complain about and Grace, cause it's just like, I want more for them. Like, this was great. I loved it. I'm like, why can't we have had more of this? In the scenes, when have we had her before? I do this all the time. Um, so, yeah, I just hope that, you know, next season we can have a consistent story with her. And maybe by the end of this season, we will have outsiders. Maybe that'll be the point of Markovia. Because so far, I still don't know what the point of Markovia is. Now we are in Markovia. And I still don't know a thing about Markovia. Other than it is kind of Russian. And Jace is crazy. Those are the those are the Marcomia things I know. So um, that is that is that on that. Oh, also, okay. You know what? This is not really a, a, a sparkless joy, but Grail's purpose in this world was to tell the other Black Lighting people what happened to Lin because, like, they let him live. Like, why? I don't know. That's all. He was just like, "Well, I'm here." Also, an extra. They did not need me. But this is what happened. Yeah, they, don't they didn't, Lynn. I was not worthy of being kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, they had to know that, I mean, I guess maybe it's a trap. Maybe they just want them to come. I don't know. And if they wanted them to come, why don't they do that episode ago? Okay. That's all.
2: Yeah. I think my biggest issue is that the first half was really good in the sense that I was like, okay, finally, we're focusing on Lynn. Everybody's going to get Lynn. Finally, maybe something's going to happen. Markovia's there, too. But then as soon as the episode shifts to all the Khalil stuff, it's like they just drop everything else to accommodate Khalil and it's always just really fascinating because I feel like you brought up some great points about Jen you know being selfish and bringing him back when he's just gonna go through more pain like what is this show's issue with having this reluctance with letting him die <laughs> he's died so many times at this point he's dead inside right now <laughs> so I don't I mean Yes, she doesn't want to go through any more pain, but neither does he. And, like, at this point, I don't really know how he's going to live with having killed his mom with the knowledge that he killed his mother, that he hurt so many people, that he can – he'll just be rogue and he'll have to wear gloves so that he doesn't touch them. Like, what is – how is he going to survive that? So it's just – I don't know. I feel like maybe him dying would have been a mercy for him. Because he's gone through so much and he clearly didn't see the point in going on either. So, I don't know, this show's just like continuously killing him and bringing him back. And I don't know to what end, like when will they stop, you know? Um, other things, it's just like, With the whole Lynn addiction thing, I feel like her surprise over the fact that, yes, the ASA did do something to her makes me – it pisses me off because it makes me think, like, she has come to really trust Odell and the rest of the ASA, like, but why? You started this to protect the the pod kids, but you're not really doing any of that. And at the same time, her not knowing about her own addiction just makes it seem like she's not that great of a doctor as they want us to believe that she is. You know, like wouldn't you know these things? You know the signs of addiction. You're a doctor. You study these things. So I don't know what's going on with her he- in her head. You know, she just she's so combative. Every time somebody brings up something, she gets really defensive and she wants to fight. Yeah. Without being like internal about what is really going on yeah, with her and why like she. Narcissistic.
1: Like she thinks that she is like the the best. Like everyone else is just like beneath her, and they don't understand and they don't know because you know. Look, and she like throws back everybody else's what you did in their face when they're like you have an addiction. And she's like, but you care only about yourself and being Black Lightning. <laughs> I was, Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: it's almost like there's something there that we never really got to explore. Like, does she feel less than? Is she? Did somebody undermine her intelligence at some point? Like, for her to be acting this way because she lashes out a lot, and I don't think we ever really saw the reasons for why. That is so it's very frustrating, um but yeah, just in general, like the whole shift towards Khalil it felt like they were just trying to stall with Lynn's storyline and all the Marcovia stuff um and I agree about Thunder Grace, like we get to see them, but then it's like again, stuff has happened off screen like with Grace's. Abilities, and we don't know what's happening, so I feel like they don't spend enough time on the small stuff. They just are like it's super plotty all the time. Like, I don't even know if Jen's has she gone back to school (laughs) at this point. I don't know. So, yeah, do we have black lightning feedback? I think we do, right, Paulina? We
0: do, and I think Swara also had things to say about black lightning, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Swara. Black Lightning surprised me in how it was able to bring storylines together in a way that I didn't anticipate and gave room for almost all its characters to shine, even Lynn, though it still could be better. Seeing this and Grace together again was wonderful, and I'm honestly starting to consider them the anchorship of the show. Ooh. Also, I like Khalil now. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's caring for him actually felt genuine in the moment, for me at least, even though I've dis- disliked the, rel- the relationship before, and I totally agree with you. I've, I've never, like, for me... Jennifer's feelings for Khalil and vice versa have never been in question. I think that's very obvious. The actors do a really good job with it and the writing is OTT for them. So, of course, it's just the way that they based the relationship and the, you know, unfortunate, uh, you know, implications of um, emotional abuse and or, you know, your boyfriend could murder you at any given moment because he's a murder machine. Getting to see Khalil's genuine remorse, remorse and commitment to make up for his past actions was gratifying. Yes, we love to see it. Uh, Paulina's feedback back lightning. Um, brains over brawn, bitch. The most iconic line yeah. ever. I don't oh, I like love the rules.
1: That. And it's still <laughs> stands the inside the mind. Great.
0: Yeah. I really like TC. I'm glad it looks like he's going to be outside. Gear up for the Markovia storyline. The exploration of Jen's powers in this episode was incredible. I love how versatile her abilities are and how the show embraces versatility. I liked how they used TC's abilities to streamline Jen into a literal current. Yes, that was great. The Thunder Grace sparring sequence was fun and sexy. This is the kind of Thunder Grace content we deserve. Yes. I loved all the flirty banter that accompanied it. I'm glad that Grace was persistent about accompanying Anissa and that Anissa relented. The Outsiders. Love how it came full circle. ASA had to acquiesce to the team of superheroes entering Markovian ranks to save Lynn. Um, Seeing Black Lightning, Thunder, Lightning, Geoforce, um, Grace and TC all ready to go was such a treat. I've been waiting for this since the inception of the show. Totally agree. I'm very hyped that we are here. Lynn just jumping Dr. Glace, Dr. Gricks, Lynn just jumping Dr. Jace was hilarious, especially because Lynn literally throwing hands (laughs) when Dr. Jace is on her psychotic where best friends rant was a very fair reaction. And Jeff and Anissa's conversation about Lynn, especially the important point Anissa makes that their family, oh, I totally forgot that. Yes, when she says addiction is an illness and that they have to come together as a family to deal with it, I really love that moment. I totally agree with that. That was a really nice reminder that the season so far has not been about the family and right. that maybe now they are actually finally pulling it together. Like, it makes it feel like, oh, maybe it's on purpose. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, dislikes were um, that uh, I don't recall much of the dislike, but I'm going to miss Evil Khalil and also the white woman ASA head. <laughs> I got a t- t- kick out of the team calling her out and each of them said they were absolutely not here for her or the ASA. Yes. I did enjoy that, and I hate her, so I totally agree with you.
1: (laughs) And that
2: is that on that. Excellent. Any
1: predictions? Well, I definitely know Wayne Brady's coming. (laughs) (laughs) At long last. (laughs) I wish that there was some kind of, like, because Brandon has just been so useless up to this point, and I know that he's going to, like, you know, try and go after Jace or whatever but I wish that there, it doesn't seem like there is because it seems like Markovia is somewhere in Russia but I do wish that there was some kind of like tie for him and Markovia that he's actually supposed to be there or you know some kind of other than calling him Geoforce some kind of like comic tie in that will tie him to Markovia other than just going there to kill Jace I want it. <laughs> I really, really want it. I'm not gonna get it, but I want it.
2: <laughs> Tati, do you have any predictions? Uh
1: I do not, but I also want it.
2: Excellent. Everybody wants it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Moving into <Liz laughs> the discussion
2: side B, who would we nominate for Legends and Black Lightning? Does
1: it matter? Does it really matter? No,
2: it doesn't. <laughs> so it, it doesn't.
0: For the sake of argument, um, I think that I would nominate uh Jennifer for Black linings. Um Although I might nominate Lynn.
2: Hmm. 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 So <laughs> I can... Just his face. <laughs>
0: She's
2: I... like, would you <laughs> nominate Lynn?
0: <laughs> for Legends? I don't know. I guess I'm like... I feel like Legends, both Ava and Zari have, you know, had some good moments. But maybe maybe Ava, because Ava had the full, like, arc, whereas Zari doesn't know what's going on yet.
1: Right. I would say yeah. Ava for her arc.
2: Yeah, same. But again, that's not because Iris is the winner. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. so
2: Iris. <laughs> <laughs> Iris Allen is the Lady with the Gumption of the Week. It has been a little bit since she has had that honor. So, good to have her back. <laughs> and that wraps up our episode 105. You can always find us on Tumblr, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, over on the Gmail at ladieswgumption at and on Twitter at dctvgumption. You can follow along with all our live tweets and some of the snarkiness and our thoughts. Thank you for listening, and good night. Good day. Good morning. Good day. Good
0: morning, good night, good afternoon, whatever you're feeling.